1: Hey everyone, Elon here. We've got a special bonus episode for you. As you may have heard, we record for our patrons of Keeping Carlson a bonus episode every month called the Patron Cast. And we thought since we're ramping up for the new season, why not give you a taste of what you can get if you become a patron of Keeping Carlson? That's only one of the perks you get. You also get, along with episodes like this, entry to the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, the most amazing competitive league you'll ever join and that's a free perk if you're a patron of Keeping Carlson. Plus, you get... Bri- oh, by the way, Brian's here. Brian, say hello. Why don't you tell them some more things that they get?
2: Hi, everybody. Uh, you get the, the patron cast once a month. You get like a cupful invite. You get access to our patrons-only Facebook group, where uh, you can not only ask Elon and I questions in a more intimate environment than twitter but you also get access to the the entire keeping carlson hive mind full of very smart people with very clever things to say anytime you need fantasy advice questions rarely go like longer than a few minutes without getting answered or is that setting the standard too high well At least that- yeah you'll
1: get some answers don't worry brian and i check in all the time oh uh, yeah so that's it keeping carlson.com slash patron we'd love for you to check it out also by the way our almanac you still got time to listen through it okay so an almanac discount for patrons 10 percent. yeah look at this look at the sales pitch we've got going here so keepingcarls.com patron you sign up to be a patron then we'll give you a link to download our almanac 32 chapters of fancy hockey goodness or you can just buy it directly keepingcarlsby.com/almanac. okay on with the show everybody to another patron cast Woo! Brian, woo, 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 woo. it's the august patron cast. that means the last one next time we do this we'll have already drafted
2: wow i can't believe that we're, we're right there we're on the doorstep of fantasy hockey season such an exciting time hope you're all having fun doing mock drafts here's where i'd normally make a joke about mocking not being very nice but i, I don't think i can figure that one out quickly enough
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, Brian, you're working hard. That's okay, and you got to save all that brain power to answer these great questions we have from the patrons. This is gonna be. A... I, I,
2: I feel like I came in with really low energy and a terrible joke. So let me just hi everybody. It's so thank you for supporting us as always. I can't wait to get in on my fancy drafts and help you with yours and talk about yours. See all your teams. Wow, what a time of year.
1: Okay, very good, Brian. So with that, we've got the questions from the patrons. We're going to get through as many of them as we can. Then we've got a special treat for you in around a half an hour from now. We're going to be joined by a couple members of Average Time on Ice, Ben and Lewis, And we're going to be doing a really fun draft, a draft where we each get one player per team. We'll tell you more about it when the time comes. But first, Brian, let's lightning round through some of these great questions we've got from our patrons. See how far we can get. So question number one. Oh, yeah. By the way, thanks for being a patron. Thanks for supporting us. And I hope you enjoyed this Patreon cast, but we really thank you, especially over the summer. Those of you listening to this, that means you're supporting us right now in the middle of August. Amazing. Thank you. It's not really the middle of August. Oh, you're such a buzzkill. Fine. Okay. It's not really the middle. Yes, it's the end of August. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Let's go now to... Now we're going to get one of these reviews that say that I'm not nice to you. (laughs) But also, it's like... Okay, anyways. So, Matthew's question first. (laughs) Crash Course on how to use your roster maximizer, please and thank you. Oh, right off the bat, we got a technical question here. So yes, I made, a, I made a thing, Brian. I made a thing to share with the world. Uh, if you go to wow. keepingcarlson.com slash tools, it's just some fantasy hockey tools that are available to you. It's a spreadsheet that I made and you could go there, you make a copy for yourself and then you can play around with it. And one of the sheets on this uh, set of tools is a roster maximizer and I find this really handy for me. So I thought I'd share it with the world. Basically, well, all you need to do You go in. You have to fill out a couple things. You say what's the start date? What's the end date? Let's say for now we're going to our drafts. You might be thinking, okay, I want to figure out who should I draft. I already have these players. Who else should I draft to maximize the number of games that I'm going to get? That's the goal of the roster maximizer. You're trying to get the many, the most number of games possible. So you do your date range. Uh, For now, I'm just doing from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You say the number of active spots at position. So let's say we're talking about goalie. Okay, you got two goalie spots, and you're trying to decide. You've already drafted two goalies, and you're trying to decide what's the third team to draft a goalie from. So I put in here the teams that I have goalies on are tampa bay and minnesota and so once i put that all in then i could go in and see how many starts i'd get from a third goalie assuming obviously that like let's say i have vasilevsky and dubnik right And let's say they're both playing on a given day there's no point having another goalie that plays on the same day as those guys because generally i'm going to have that goalie on my bench i'm taking a look at my roster maximizer here i got the washington capitals i could get 53 games out of a washington goalie if i already have vasilevsky and dubnik getting all of their games so if i could trade for holtby I'm killing it. Or next up, Rangers. So I might want to draft Lungfist late because I'm going to get a lot of games. Like on the other side, you can see only 27 games from, well, from Lightning or Minnesota. Right. So if we're getting their backup, okay, that's that one's obvious. Uh, but then the next lowest is 36 here from Nashville. So don't draft Pekka Rinne. If you already have Vasilevsky and Dubnik, don't draft Rene. You're only going to get 36 games out of Rene as opposed to, like I said, 53 out of Hopi. So that's the roster maximizer. Hope that helps Matthew and hope you all enjoy it. Keepingcarlson.com slash tools. There's other stuff there. I've got a schedule tab. I've got a goalie calculator to help you decide if you should play your goalie like on a Sunday. So that's that. Uh, Brian, any comments on that? Or how about you'll just comment on this next question, which is more a Brianish question for sure. Because it's all about the nerdy advanced stats. Michael Jonathan asks, should we care about PDO when evaluating individual players from a fantasy hockey standpoint? Brian, do you care about P- You used to talk about PDO all the time on Keeping Carlson. I feel like you've stopped more recently.
2: Yeah. So instead, PDO for people who don't know doesn't stand for anything, but it's used as a stat that measures how uh, how well the gods of variance are treating a particular team. So it essentially it, it takes a team's shooting percentage and a team's save percentage, and uh, pops spits out a number that's depending on how you measure it either one hundred or one thousand. And if it's at 100, let's just, let's just say it's 100 for argument's sake. Let's just say their PDO is 100. That means like their variance is like perfectly evening out. Like it's exactly where it should be. Uh, their shooting percentage is average. Their save percentage is average. Um, however, if a team has a very high shooting percentage or save percentage, uh, that would put their PDO up above 100 and, uh, the opposite would put their PDO below 100. And the, the way to use PDO uh is really just to say like okay this team is on a tear right now or this team is having an awful slump uh let's see what their pdo is and then you can see it's like if their pdo is low it's like oh yeah like they're just having some unfortunate percentages no big deal they'll get back to 100 um because we just expect regression to the mean um or vice versa if they're above however if a team is doing really great or really terribly and their PDO is just sitting at 100, then it's like, oh yeah, that that's going to sustain. Um, so as you can tell, I haven't mentioned player production at any point in this. And that's because we used to talk about PDO in the early days um, because it was this combination of shooting percentage and save percentage. Um, and it can exist on a player level too, Um it would be the players on ice shooting percentage and on ice save percentage. however, in fantasy hockey, I don't give a flying F about a player's on ice save percentage. I mean the only way it would be useful is to to know uh, if a, a player is being unfairly benched or something because all these shots are going in while they're on the ice and they're being unfairly blamed um, because of so many goals against while they're while they're taking a while they're on a shift. Um, but really their goalie is just blowing it and it's not necessarily their fault. So we only care about the shooting percentage side of PDO, which is why we don't care about PDO at all because shooting percentage on ice shooting percentage can be its own stat. So, uh, usually you're looking uh, for a player to have an on ice shooting percentage. Most forwards are somewhere in the eight or 9% range, some forwards, um, you know, Ovechkin and Steven Stamkos come to mind, uh, like have either really good shooting percentages themselves or play regularly with players who have really good shooting percentages. And so they might regularly have a non-nice shooting percentage that's above nine, 10, uh, sometimes even flirting with 11%. And then like, that's okay. That can be sustainable, but only in some rare cases. So um, PDO is really just a measure of team quote unquote luck for lack of a better word. Whereas we can really isolate Um, how well a player's teammates are shooting while they're on the ice and use that to try and explain whether they're getting a few too many points or not enough points or just the right amount of points. Um, And that's that's how we use on-ice shooting percentage, which is half of PDO.
1: Okay, great explanation. Thank you very much. We actually got an email. Someone was giving us feedback about the almanac, and they were saying like they were talking about on ice shooting percentage, but they were talking about IPP, which is another stat that Brian throws out. And they were being like, "Oh, like what is a good IPP or a bad IPP?" And like for on shooting percentage, Brian, you just said like around nine, ten, eleven percent is maybe around average for a forward. Like, no. Or no, you said that's high for a forward. The only point I want to make is that actually a lot of times when we do our analysis, this is something Brian, you taught me, you want to look at like a player. So you just look at a player, what they've done for the last like five years. And then if this year's something very different, that's probably a better sense of if that's something that's going to sustain or not versus like comparing them to the league average. Because like you say, Brian, some players are generally like just better at getting their shots in or having their teammates shots going while they're on the ice and some are less. So that's another nuance to it. You can't just be like, is that a good number or a bad number with a lot of these stats? You have to just kind of compare it to what the player has done over their past like 200 games compared to what they've done over this small sample size where they're doing something a little different.
2: Exactly. So if you're trying to figure out what would be a normal, Ipp or a normal on ice shooting percentage for, for, for a given player, you do need to, you do need to check out their career history and see what number they're at. Usually for forwards, like the ballpark is 60, 70% for an Ipp, defenseman 30, 40%, but elite forwards can put up like an 80, High eighty percent IPP, and some forwards like will typically put up uh, like a sub sixty percent, especially if they're on outside the top six. Yeah, so uh, it, it is player relative
1: yeah definitely like when in our almanac if you bought it or if you're planning on listening to it at some point that's a lot of brian's analysis when he looked at a player's season like oh my god how did Braden point get like so many more points than the year before obviously brian was looking at his career numbers versus what he did last year and seeing like where the differences are to help us project if he could keep it up or if he's going to slow down and you'll have to find out what his conclusion was by listening to the tampa bay chapter of the almanac okay next question from brad elon what's your favorite metric song which i don't i guess we talked about metric at some point on either the almanac or a previous show we just talked so much but i don't even remember what we talked about i was thinking about it and then all of a sudden it came to me this is actually a very easy answer for me brian do you have an answer that's or they asked me actually so they don't even care what your answer is like there's obviously they have a lot of great albums i was thinking for like combat baby you know like the old classics but i had to go with that scene from scott pilgrim when scott is at the concert and envy adams comes on stage and he realizes that the evil ex-boyfriend is her what was it bassist and then all of a sudden you're black sheep come home then it come around, around end of black sheep it's a great song and, and then actually right here sorry for that terrible singing uh michael then asked, can you play it on the flute so i do have my flute here brian but i feel like we don't want to hurt our uh, momentum right now but if you remind me or someone remind me at the end of the podcast i'll do my best to play no, black do sheep it
2: now i don't have the flute set up right now you just tease so much i'm gonna be yeah. the next question question you wet your flute whistle or whatever no. you need to do and i'm going to read the next question you could read because... the next
1: question but we're going to uh do it at the end so you got to stay to <laughs> the end if you want to hear me play the flute. that's an end of podcast type of thing i'm not getting to <laughs> we got a lot to get to all right i'll read the next question i'm already here paul
2: asks <laughs> brian's so mad at me so rude it's not rude it's a tease okay paul No, uh... it's rude that i'm ready to read the question you know oh, i have the question right um, here okay go ahead well, now it's awkward. <laughs> okay, Paul uh, Paul says, I have to choose five keepers from this list. It's a 14-team categories league that counts. Are you ready? Goals, assists, points, plus, minus, Pims, power play points, shots, face-off wins, hits, blocks, and uh, then for goalies, wins, goals against, average, saves, save percentage, and, and shootout. So it's kind of, it's not quite a kitchen sink league, but it's on the high end of categories counted. So Paul is thinking of keeping McDavid, Hall, Sebastian Aho, Seth Jones, and Matt Murray. And then he's hesitating on Matthew Kachuk. He's not sh- sure if he should keep him over someone like Jones or Murray, uh, Seth Jones. Um, other owners are probably keeping one goalie. So that makes me think that Paul should probably also keep one goalie. Oh, I think differently, actually. There's five, well, okay, so there's two ways of looking at this, right? The first is that everyone else is keeping one goalie. So, like, then fine, you just pick your goalie out of the draft pool in the first or second round or whenever seems reasonable. But there are five goalie categories here. And sometimes when every team keeps one goalie, they do, they are quick to go ahead and grab their second ones early on. And, you know, it's, it's I, I prefer, like, in that scenario, sometimes, like, it, is very circumstance dependent, but I would like to not have to worry about racing to pick goalies and to just be able to relax and pick skaters. Um, but I think like he's only keeping one defenseman. And I think I'd rather keep a defenseman than a goalie. Right.
1: Okay. This is, yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously lots to think about. And like you say, Brian, very league dependent for sure. The way I see it, yeah, you're basically picking two out of Seth Jones Uh, Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, and Matt Murray, if you want to keep a goalie. But I'm looking at his team. He also has Devin Dubnik, right? So Devin Dubnik's getting thrown out to the pool. If he doesn't keep Murray, Murray's being thrown out to the pool. And I think the one thing we've learned about goalies, and Matt Murray's a perfect example of this, like, who the F knows who's going to end up being, like, good and bad? Like, Matt Murray was droppable a few months into last season, and then all of a sudden he was, like, one of the best goalies to own at the end. So that just kind of makes me think, like, okay, it's a 14-team league, so 14 goalies will be kept, maybe uh, 13, if you don't keep a goalie. In your first round, who do you think is going to go first, right? Like a Murray or Dubnik or a Matthew Kachuk? I feel like Kachuk, especially in a league that counts hits and like shots and all this stuff, like he's pretty good. Like he's pretty versatile. He kind of fills categories for you. So I don't know. If it was me, I think I'd kind of roll the dice and like wait and see what goalies are available for my first pick. And if I still see if I'm tiering my goalies after I see who was kept, maybe I could even wait to my second pick and you'll still get someone who's decent. Like in our Schmore Goalies Board episode that we're going to be uh, releasing this weekend, we are throwing goalies into tiers and it's just like it's to me it's like such an unknown that i'd rather get like a more sure thing like matthew kachuk and then you'll probably still get a goalie that like is in the same level as murray or close but if you want to play it safe for sure keep murray in that case i would also wonder about seth jones right like what other defensemen do you expect to be available maybe in the first round you could draft a better defenseman than seth jones but if not because he's really good at filling categories as well so if it's me i'm kind of thinking of not keeping matt murray but uh maybe that's too risky
2: no, I think it, it's a wise observation, like and in his format, you can see last year, Matt Murray ranked 73rd and Devin Dubnik ranked 78th. So if one of the, if he's already putting Dubnik back in the pool, then uh, like, it seems like it's okay to put Murray back there too, unless, you know, Matt Murray could be someone who is a good long-term goalie keeper and maybe they don't come along too often, especially when you can't rely on a whole lot of goalies in the league, uh, you might. Like want to hold on to a guy who seems like you like one of the more reliable yeah. guys and like you can't just fish him back out like he'll be gone on another team. So I think that would be um, my reason for keeping Murray uh, like it's all about this comes into VORP right value over replacement which guy is going to be harder to replace through the draft. And I guess you're waiting for me to answer that question. But I sort of posed. I'm i not sure. which. Okay, like, I think we're good. I think that we've sort of like given you some context.
1: You need to look at maybe last year's draft results. See like who was available, which goalies were getting drafted early, which defensemen were getting drafted early. Like what types of guys were available in those early rounds? Maybe that could help you figure out who you'll be able to get. You know, I would think about it, like, like you're saying, Brian, value over replacement. See like who would you be more likely able to redraft if you wanted to pick one of these guys in the first round? Who do you think would actually still be available to you? If let's say four or five picks got, uh, went through before you. Uh, yeah, yeah. we actually have a question about VORP coming up, so we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Brian, we're flying through. I feel like when we have a deadline, we're sometimes on these casts. we'd only be done the first question at this point. But now we're flying because we've got this really fun draft coming up, which I'm excited about. Brian, did you prep, by the way, for the draft, or are you going in blind?
2: What if I told you I'm prepping now?
1: Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, ryan asks he's the commissioner of a league they finally got up to 10 teams so he's pretty excited for next season yeah man quality over quantity right like 10 of good people is better than 14 where there's gonna be like three people inactive for sure so good job also we changed from rotisserie to head to head that being considered they like points, but they're gonna maybe consider doing categories. And he's asking what categories we think they should use. I think that's what we're understanding. We're still considering categories. What do you guys think? I'm not sure if they're asking about points versus categories. That's a whole big debate that we've had many times. I think we discussed it on that episode a few weeks ago, where we were discussing different a couple rules suggestions and we talked about some of the pros and cons of points versus categories. But as far as like if we're talking categories, like which categories to use. In a categories league, I'll give my opinion. I don't think it's, like, a very popular opinion. So this is all obviously a matter of taste. I like fewer categories, actually. And I like focusing mostly on, like, offense stuff. Like, I don't... The more, like, PIMs and hits and blocks and, like, plus minus and, like, stuff like that that you throw out there, the less valuable it is when, like, your player scores a goal, which I feel like is... When I'm drafting a team, I want to get, like, offensive guys and have a few other categories just to keep things interesting. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of actually just, like, maybe five categories... Goals, assists, power play points, shots, and then blocks for defense. Throw in a couple goalie categories, wins and save percentage. Boom, you got yourself a league. You're gonna have competitive matchups every week. It might be four three or five two, something like that. And uh, I think they're all good categories. And you don't need to uh cloud it with all these like face off wins and plus minus and pims and all that. So, but some people love just like Brian said, a like kitchen sink. So it's really a matter of taste. But that's my opinion.
2: No, I'm with you too. I prefer a few categories. I don't love just adding categories just because they're like, it depends on how you want your league to, it really is a matter of taste, right? Like you can uh, just be like, okay, I want to try and measure like 15 different variables that don't really connect to hockey success. But like, it's just a fun way to measure 15 different variables and try and come up with a a, a value for that player. So that's the kitchen sink ethos whereas the the sort of smaller and tighter one is uh you know it it, it definitely makes it so that i don't know if it, like there, there's probably fewer strategies to win right like if it's a kitchen sink league you can there's so many different ways like you can choose to punt so many categories and uh, but i like having a set of categories where you you can't really afford to punt any of them maybe one but if you punt more than one you're in trouble so that's why i like limiting it to more like seven or eight
1: Yeah, by the way, we have Ben and Lewis in the chat. I'm not sure if they could hear us right now. I won't add them yet, uh, but uh, we're coming soon to that draft, Brian. So let's go to the next question. Did the Oilers fail fail Jesse Pugliarvi? Could he have thrived if he was drafted elsewhere? So that's obviously, like, on one hand, I just want to be like, I don't know. Like, clearly he wasn't able to cut it on the Oilers, but you could say he didn't get get the right opportunity or they didn't develop him correctly. I think to myself, Nail Yakupov, he was another player that the Oilers drafted and that and he clearly didn't work out. He went to another team. It's not as if he went to like Colorado and thrived, right? He was on the third line. I think he had a decent run while he was playing with Matt Duchesne for a little bit, but he's like out of the league now. So I think it's just possible that Pugliarvi was a bust uh, or maybe he's a Dylan Strome, right? So we'll have to see when he goes to another team, I guess, or goes to play in Finland or something for a bit and then hopefully gets traded to another team. We'll see. Uh, my guess is it's probably a bit of both. I like, I mean, obviously if Pugliarvi was just a gem, and was adapting so well to the league. I'm sure that he could have made it work, but uh, I would say probably a bit of both. That's like a cop-out answer. Brian, do you have any more to add? Like, do you have any insight into this?
2: I have no, like, special insight into this, except that you can see the Oilers media just rushing to, like, bury him already before he's even out the door. Uh, And, like, you know, they've been really wanting to interpret McDavid quotes and Dreisaitl quotes as being very much anti-Paul Yarby uh but like i you know the edmonton media has really proven over the years that you can't really trust them to know what's going on i think it's a failure of everybody honestly i, I think it's a failure of the oilers it's probably a failure of pull and his agent perhaps to some extent too so i i would have loved it to work i at this point though you can't give edmonton any of the benefit of the doubt like you said elon with yakupov and the way they've treated other players and tried to tried and failed to develop other prospects. You can't really blame Pugliarvi for having cold feet. And obviously there's something about this story that we don't fully know or understand, um, which makes it impossible to judge. So I'm not going to try except to say that uh, I definitely don't think Edmonton gets the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if Pugliarvi deserves it himself, but I'm really excited and eager to see what he does on another team. Did you see that the two teams he's rumored to get traded to right now are Tampa and Carolina? Like Ooh. what, what are you doing? Rest of NHL step up, beat these teams out to get full Like you need to do something. And right. it also tells me that Edmonton is in kind of big trouble. Like if these are the teams they're trading with Tampa and Carolina have a pretty good history of winning trades. So if I was an Oilers fan, I would be pretty afraid.
1: Well, I did see a tweet saying that maybe they would be interested in like Sergachev for Puliarvi. So obviously that would be great for Edmonton, but we'll have to see. Maybe the rest of the NHL doesn't want him. So it's, it's, you know, it sounds like uh, Jesse Pugliari at this point is like, oh, everyone needs to rush to grab him. We really have no idea. Sounds like you're more on the side that you think he could still be good. By the way, uh, in the chat, uh, speaking of the Oilers and potential defensemen on the team, Ryan is saying power play coach said today he loves Joel Person. And he has a one year contract right hand D. So who knows, maybe this person could end up, you know, I know, Brian, you're like convinced that Os- if you listen to the Edmonton chapter, it's just Brian drooling over Oscar clefbaum the whole time. But, uh, you know, anytime there's a potential player on the team that could do well on the power play, I always think they have a chance because they just don't like Clefbaum there. So who knows? Nobody likes Clefbaum
2: anywhere. I like I think he's the default, but we'll see if this person can uh, can <laughs> unseat him.
1: We're, we probably think we're so funny, but yet, like probably every single person has
2: uh, made this pun a million it's, times already. It's also probably—is it not Pearson, like I Ricard mean, Pearson? I mean, probably. famous Ottawa Senators goat, <laughs> I and heard not of greatest of all time.
1: Uh, So next, (laughs) Ryan asks, uh, I won my league last year. We're getting ready to draft in late September. We have miniature Stanley Cup as the trophy and get our real name, team name, and up to a five word phrase to engrave when Mm -hmm. you win. And he needs to decide what to engrave as this five word phrase. His current front runner is not a big deal, which I do like. I like the idea of being like not humble, right? Like braggy. I was actually kind of thinking when I heard not a big deal. How about like uh, it wasn't that hard? I think that would be a good brag phrase. Like it wasn't even that hard. One, two, three. Four. Yeah. It wasn't even that hard. Four words sums up how awesome you are and how much everyone sucks. I think it's that, that's what I'm going to suggest.
2: I guess Ryan also wants a pun. I would love to know who the players were on his team. And that way, that, that way I might have enough information to, to cook up a pun. But I, I like what you were saying as just like a really big troll. Yeah. Like it wasn't even that hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's so rude <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay next uh we're flying prince can a player's happiness be a factor in their performance during the season is this something to pay attention to fantasy wise for example pk Sub- Subban traded to the devils better opportunity than nashville meaning he will likely play on the top power play and he recently got engaged which of course is very happy news so i mean first of all being on the top power play i think that's more, like, I think that's enough of a good thing for him that we don't have to think about if that makes him happy or not. That's just going to help his production because that's what happens when you play on the top power play near the main defense on a team. As far as if he's happier because he got engaged, he's going to play better. I mean, there's players who have kids. I don't know. Maybe it's very different. Maybe they're more exhausted than happy, but we've seen players struggle. Uh, it reminds me a lot, Brian. Remember we had that guy on our podcast a few years ago now, Stefan Walecho. Walecho. Malaysia, Stefan when Malaysia, he actually talked about sort of like, he reminded us that, hey, these players on our fantasy teams and on our TVs, they're actually real human beings with feelings and emotions. And so, yeah, if a player is feeling bummed out about something, maybe they won't play as well. If they're happy, maybe they will play better. I think there's something to it. The The thing is, like, these are also professional athletes. So you would think they've been trained to sort of leave their, you know, baggage at the door to some extent and just play, you know, use this. Because obviously it's not that easy. But I'm just saying, like, compared to like me, just a regular schmo going to work, I'm probably more affected by like if I had a, you know, an argument with my mom the day before. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like compared to like a professional athlete who probably has dealt with lots of stuff and then they try to just like leave it on the ice. But what do I know? We should ask Stefan Wolesho. You could ask him on Twitter (laughs) and I'm sure he'd be happy to answer.
2: Like, I think the, the obvious question is, could your happiness be a factor in your performance during the season? Like, yeah. Or like at your job? Absolutely. We're all like hockey players are robots to the media for sure. And robots and like just names in our fantasy rosters and watch lists and whatever. But Uh, like these guys are not immune to emotion. So absolutely happiness is a factor. You see, and we see an example, like I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you see examples where a situation just is not working out for a player and it does affect them and it brings them down. I think Eric Stall had a contract thing not too long ago in Minnesota where he was not sure if he was going to be re-signed there and it was weighing on him a lot. Like he admitted to it after the fact. Um, Like, so yeah, of course, of course, everybody's affected by what's happening in their lives and around them.
1: Of course. Another thing to consider those we're also not that simple, right? Human beings are very complicated. Maybe someone who just got engaged is so distracted by wedding planning <laughs> that they're not thinking about hockey as much as they should, right? So maybe you're so happy that you're distracted with other stuff and it's actually bad for you. So I wouldn't read too much into it. Like Basically, I'm going to say don't read into uh, Suban getting engaged as expecting to play better or worse. I feel like it could go either way or, or do nothing. But yeah, him definitely being in a better situation professionally, that, that should help. Uh, okay, let's do a couple more, Brian. We've got Lewis and Ben here. Very excited to get to our draft and to tell you guys about this draft because it's a, a pretty fun idea. And Brian, it's something we did as kids. We're bringing it back. I'm so excited. But Okay, a couple more. Victor, Brian hates when I'm doing all these teases, right? We've got the flute coming. we got the draft coming. That's just the start. I <laughs> the... love teasers. Uh-huh. I just really wanted to hear the flute. You'll get it if you remind me. <laughs> uh, some ideas, by the way, for the five-word phrase, uh, KK made me do it, is Matthew's suggestion. I think I did okay. Another good <laughs> troll one. I like it by Alex. Good one. Okay. Victor asks uh, advice on trading. I've swung some good ones, but also often it goes nowhere. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Like, how do you convince someone to make a trade with you? I feel like uh, we've talked about this before and here's my answer and again like it's all about your relationships probably in the end it's more about who you know than what you know right like that's what they say about networking i'm sure it works for trades as well i'm sure you see a lot of trades from people who are friends and just chatting anyways all the time uh i generally like to not give up too much information go like if there's a player that i want to trade for generally i'm not going to try to target one player right It's like i need a defense so i'm going to just find all the teams that look to me like they have extra d and need something that I have. You know, it's like, I'm trying to find value before I reach out. Be like, oh, this person actually only has three right wings and I have five of them and this person has like six D and I only have four. Maybe I reach out and be like, hey, looks like you have extra D, I have extra right wing. I think we can make something happen. Then after that, like let them respond hopefully they'll give up some information. Oh, I really want this person on your team. And then you could go with that. i like, that's how I like to do it. I don't like this whole, uh, I know there's like probably a very good skill involved in being able to, you know, lie and be like, Oh, this player on my team sucks. Uh, I mean, it's so great, but I'll give him away. Cause I don't really want him actually, or, you know, or, Oh, that player on your team is actually terrible, but I'll take him off your hands and all of this, like gamesmanship. I'm sure that helps, but uh, it's not, it's not my way. Anyway, that feels too awkward to me.
2: I agree. Like you. It's pretty obvious when you're trying to like undersell your like the guys you're trying to the worst thing you can do when you start negotiating a trade is to tell somebody how great a deal they're about to get like that sets up off all kinds of alarm bells and you should not do that. I'm very much with you, Elon, that like if you have a deal in mind that you want to work with. Uh, like never be like so forthcoming about it. Cause once you show your hand and they know who you're after, that's the guy you're going to pay the highest price for. So you could just write like, Hey, I see you could use this, uh, like this position. I need this position. Think we can have a deal and try and get the other person to start naming some players first. This has become increasingly difficult for me to actually accomplish by the way, since I've started sharing this strategy on the show. Uh, but that's my move to try and get a sense of the, the other person's value of players before you show how much you value yours, because then based on uh, their values, you can sort of adjust yours and be like, oh, yeah, like, I think he sucks, too. Even if he's the guy you actually want. Yeah. Also, how about this? Something to consider, and I know
1: people love trading, but if you need a defense, you don't only need to trade, right? You could look in free agency and try to find some gems. Maybe there's a couple guys that might be good. You could stream someone in if they're not working out. Stream someone else, and sometimes you could really luck out from free agency. So you don't have to make trades to be successful, in my opinion. I think the the reason why I feel like sometimes I need to make trades to be successful is because someone is going to make a terrible trade with someone else that's going to hurt me. So at least if I could, you know, get be the beneficiary, then uh, someone else isn't. My opponent isn't getting better. I feel like that's my main reason for trading is just to stay ahead of my competition i feel like uh i would be just fine just doing well with free agents but everyone has different ways to go so okay we still have a few questions to go but brian i think it's time to bring on our friends from the great average time on ice account so here is lewis here is ben you guys are on the call let's see how this goes uh lewis how are you doing and are you ready to get creamed in a draft
0: (laughs) I am uh, ready to go. School started two weeks ago, so I'm feeling a little like Oscar Sundquist on the business end of a uh, Tom Wilson hit. But otherwise, I'm ready to go.
1: All right. Very exciting. Yeah, we still have to talk. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. That's also kind of sad. <laughs> but you don't make light. It's too too soon. Sorry. Sorry, Oscar. <laughs> I like how Ben, like, came on as I added him. He was muted. He unmuted himself, then shuffled around a bunch to make sure that no one could hear what Lewis was saying. Then he then he muted himself again. Ben's making sure he looks perfect. Looks great right now. Looks like a really good setup.
3: For what it's worth, I shuffled around way more after I muted myself.
1: Okay, so there you go. All right, so we've got these two hilarious dudes, and we've got Brian, and we've got myself. And since we're all here, why don't we do some drafting? And uh, like I said, this is actually a format that Brian and I used to do with our friends growing up. The first ever hockey pools I was in. Brian, should we share the name of what we called our pool? Or is that something that should be left a secret?
2: I don't see why it needs to be a secret. All right. So it was the Jew pool. And uh, you could guess why.
1: Uh, <laughs> And the way that it worked was this. So there was actually more than four. It was usually like seven or, well, you know, the numbers fluctuated. But basically how it works is everyone would get one player per team. And so the way that the draft is going to work, and we're going to do this today, and we're going to actually keep track throughout the season, see who wins this bad boy, is first of all, it's simple. Like points only. Uh, we're not doing position eligibilities. Everyone's going to get one player per team. In the end, we're just going to add up who got the most points, which is just goals plus assists. Re- Easy peasy, regular stuff. And how it works is... Every each of us are going to be assigned a number between one and four so let's say i'm number one brian's two ben is three and lewis is four so in round one it's going to go elon brian ben lewis and so if i have the first pick in a round i pick the team that's going to be the team for that round and then i pick a player from that team and then brian gets second picks so, you know i pick uh, mckinnon and then now all of a sudden now it's brian's pick on colorado he'll take ranson ben's going to take Landeskog, and then lewis is like oh what a bad luck team to come fourth and what a huge drop from third to fourth i guess i'll take kadri or makar i mean we'll have this conversation actually when we have the draft, right Then the next round, Brian goes first. And it's going to go Brian, Ben, Lewis, me. And so the strategy here is you want to obviously get the best players. But maybe when you're drafting and picking your team, you don't necessarily need to get the best player. You want to pick a player where if you had fourth or third on that team, it it would be much worse than having first or second. So there's a lot of strategy involved of picking a team based on the difference between the top players and the bottom players. You guys, will figure it out as we go. Uh, Those are the rules. Any questions before
2: we get started? I'm getting thumbs up here. So I'm, from, is that, no. I'm like, from, who are you inviting questions from? The person listening? Well, if
1: you, yeah, you be the listener. Like, did I not say anything or do you think it, I made it clear? Are we... Are we doing point pace or total points? Total points. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. So we're each going to have 31 players. So hopefully one. In, hopefully the injuries will even out somewhat, but obviously there'll be a lot of luck involved, which is anytime I lost, it was because of injuries for sure. That was like every time.
2: <laughs> I won a couple of times. Brian usually when won. We were we had a team together. That's when you
1: won. I think I won at least one other time. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I, I was, I'm newer to fantasy hockey than Brian. When we, when we started the podcast, Brian was the expert and I was like joining my first league. And basically we started the podcast just so I could ask Brian advice questions uh but here we are look how far we've come i just won tier two of the couple going to tier one next year so
2: okay Uh, looks like we made it
1: i'm gonna share my screen right now i don't want anyone accusing me of doing anything sneaky so i've got a random number generator do you guys see the screen here we go i'm gonna generate our order i just did it ben brian lewis elon okay so ben you've got the first pick in the first round Ben, Bryan, Lewis, Elon. I'll write this in while you uh, make your pick. So go ahead, announce your team and the player
2: from that team.
3: Uh, I'm going to start with Buffalo, and I'm going to take Jack Eichel.
2: Smart. Do you want to, like, why?
3: Because I am three-quarters of the way done my prep, and he is one of the few players where I don't have a second on the team, and he has very high point total in my projections. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I've been rushing to finish my projections here and, uh, there's just a big old gap for me between Eichel and anyone else on the Sabres.
1: Yeah. This is a good screw job on me for sure. Cause I'm going to be fourth in this round and it's going to be very different between who I get and Jack Eichel, but uh, okay, Brian, so you're ne- And then, by the way, guys, we have the spreadsheet shared. Uh, if anyone wants, who's listening, wants to follow live, you could go to keepingcarlsoncom slash draft. And you can also go to that after the fact, if you're listening to this after the fact and see the final draft, obviously that'll be a spoiler. If you go there right now and you're listening after the fact. Uh, so, Ben, you gonna write in eichel or what? Here, I want to, I want to see the spreadsheet updated. All right, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so Brian, it is your. I would type it in, but I need to also talk, and then typing is loud. You know how it goes. Brian, you got second pick on Buffalo. Where are you
2: going? Uh, I am going to go with Jeffrey Skinner.
1: Okay, that seemed pretty a, obvious, and, yeah,
2: yeah, it's pretty very straightforward.
1: All right. So Lewis now gets third. This one seems probably also straightforward, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I suppose I've got basically a choice between if I think Darlene is really going to break out this year, but I'm going to go with Sam Reinhardt.
1: Okay, so that means the three top liners on Buffalo are gone or who we expect to be the three top liners. So I could go with, like, try to guess who's going to be the extra forward on the power play. Who would I have to choose from? Like, Marcus Johansson. Brian would probably say I should take Connor Sherry. But uh, give me Rasmus Dalin. We had him... I'm going to give some uh, Almanac spoilers, if that's okay. We had him as uh, the fourth projected player on Buffalo. I was thinking 55 points. I thought I was high. Brian went even higher. So why not? Give me Rasmus Dahlin. And there we go we're done Elon, i have a question please are you gonna yell
3: at the other people for not writing their picks into the uh doc or just me
1: oh yeah brian lewis let's go
0: we are, I- we're in the chat asking for a doc relink please
1: keeping Carlson uh, I'll,
0: hit com- you, I'll hook you up uh,
1: keeping up. slash draft you should all have access i sent you invites come on people what am I doing here? All right. So now since Ben had first pick in that round, that means Brian, you get first pick in the next round. Oh boy. Do you think I'm at
2: all ready for that?
1: Well, I did say to all of you, this should actually be a very snappy segment on the podcast. Cause if we all do our prep, it becomes super easy. You all, you just have your teams listed. And then you just go to your team at the top of your list. Easy peasy. But Brian, I feel like if you are not ready, just pick the best player and I'm sure it'll work out fine. I you.
0: think you should let me just take it on. Yeah, you
1: could do that too. So are you, Brian, right, you know that uh, you're the one who told me that you are you want to get this done in a couple hours, or less than an hour. Connor McDavid. Okay, Brian goes to Edmonton, grabs McDavid. I'm third this round, so not as terrible as uh, being fourth on Edmonton. That's a really terrible pick. But uh, yeah, Lewis has an easy choice now. So Lewis has got a gift, basically. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make the easy choice and take Leon Dreisaitl okay and then i will take ryan nugent hopkins so i a got Dallien and hopkins that's my third and fourth so that's bad okay and then now ben you've got a tough choice because there's a big drop between rnh and the next edmonton player i'd be interested to know afterwards like who other people would have taken i'm very curious to see who you're gonna go for
3: yeah uh so they were just saying on twitter i noticed that uh uh nhl by maddie jim matheson was saying that <laughs> Uh, the Oilers were gonna trade Pool for uh Sergachev. So can I can I pick uh Mikhail Sergachev You
1: definitely uh, you definitely cannot. <laughs> I,
3: I mean you can't blame me for asking. Uh, I'm gonna take a risk on upside here and take uh, Darnell nurse. Hope he sticks in that spot at the top of the power play and uh doesn't um it doesn't go to Clefbaum. This would be the one year where Clefbaum
1: pops off though. Yeah, well, even if Clef Bomb does pop off, he'll probably get injured. So I think Nurse is a safer bet to play the whole season, right?
0: Did anyone have the real deal as their last pick? I was trying to pick between Nurse and Neil there, just on the off chance, you know?
1: I have
2: Clef Bomb, um, obviously. Obviously.
1: <laughs> Brian, are you not going to update uh, the spreadsheet?
2: Oh uh, man, this I whole did. podcast is just gonna be me complaining on Buffalo. You don't have Skinner written down. Okay, all right. It's not good content for you to ask who's updating the spreadsheet. I know it's not, but also I can't do it myself. What do you want me to do? I have a lot to do here. Okay, right,
1: so next round, we've now are going to Lewis. My you pick, get right?
0: your pick. I'm really excited. I got the team that I wanted to pick first. I'm gonna go to New Jersey. I'm gonna pick up Taylor Hall.
1: Ooh, okay yeah that's definitely a team where there is a bit of a drop taylor hall is awesome but i think they do have some other really good players and i'm i don't know if this is a swing or not because there's a lot of good options there but give me nikita gusev number two i think he's going to be the next best devil i see some head shakes here is this, did i just whiff my first ever number two pick of this draft I have I gusev
0: as my i've got gusev in my third slot so it's not uh not totally crazy
1: <laughs> okay so ben who are you going with
3: it's honestly kind of a mushy middle here, right? Like I could see any of four, three or four people being the third highest scorer on the devils, or second, I guess, even with Gusev, I'd put him in this tier. Uh to stop myself from stalling, I'm just going to uh I'm gonna go for the kid, Jack Hughes.
1: Whoa, oh, wow. I didn't man. even have him didn't even have him in my top four. But uh wow. supposed to show how good the devils are this year, right? <laughs> you know, I was
2: really hoping that it is a very very flat middle here after you get go from taylor hall it's like the rest of the team seems relatively equal in terms of like their chances of reaching their upside which is all like it seems like 60 65 point range like i've got his here like who may or may not get supplanted by Hughes, I've got Palmieri, who's probably the most like just straight up reliable, and then don't forget this pK Subban, who uh, Almanac listeners will know i'm I'm quite high on. I think I'm going to go with like a middle ground between safe and risky here uh oh, I really uh I think I'll go Nico Heer,
1: yeah, I think so, that's what Suban's going
0: undrafted here for New Jersey, huh
1: yeah obviously if there were defense positions that you had to fill that would be a whole different story and suban would be worth more than his year who's a center but for just points only i think he got like his just gonna get at least like 60 points i would think and that would be like a great season for suban he he didn't even break 50 last year so i
0: suppose that's true
1: all right so there we go three teams on. i get my first pick now i'm gonna be like brian not overthink it too much because I think fourth pick on this team would be terrible. And I definitely want to avoid that. So I'm just going to go to Tampa and grab myself Nikita Kucherov. And that gives Ben and Brian nice gifts. And I screw over Lewis. I apologize. But Brian actually, but we we got to start, by the way, screwing over Brian a little bit. Because he just got Nico Hishier as a fourth pick. That's pretty, pretty great, right? Con- considering Ben had Darnell Nurse as a fourth pick. But anyways, I've got Kucherov. And Ben, you're up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess I'll take Steven Stamkos. Darn, <laughs> lucky guy. Okay, and then Brian, easy pick for you, I think.
2: Uh, on Tampa, yeah, it's uh, I don't have to think very hard about this at all. I'll take Braden Point, who I might have even uh, taken second. So, like, like the Heishir pick, I'm I think I'm getting a guy just a little ahead.
1: Yeah, maybe I should I should have not taken Tampa just because I wasn't thinking about the screw Brian factor. I'll keep that oh in mind. You're
2: long. only thinking of this. Elon is still really hurt by all the years where I was actively <laughs> screwing him in I these drafts. drafts. Like yeah. Elon like did pick up, I think he picked up fantasy a little later than me, but we were probably on equal footing in these drafts, except for the fact that I was really, really thinking about how to screw over my competition the most. And Elon was probably the best competition. <laughs>
3: This was gonna be. Can we talk about Braden Point a little bit real Uh, quick? uh, Go for it. I I think Braden Point might regress quite a bit this year. Maybe not like a a ton. I still like him for like 75 or whatever, but I just think his his goal scoring this year pretty unsustainable based on him shooting like 40% on the power play last year.
1: Uh yeah, he did score a lot of goals. I think Brian in the Almanac was talking about comparing him to someone else who had the same number of shots. But yeah, like he, he like and
2: a- Sebastian Ajo, there was like an 18 goal spread between them on the power play, even though they spent similar minutes and took similar shots. I think my hope with point is that like whatever he just does to grow, uh, washes out a lot of that.
3: I think also like Mark Shifley has shown that that spot you can you can outscore your like a normal shooting percentage for sure. They both play that bumper spot uh in front of like in the in between the two slots slot positions on the power play. But I just like for a first year player to score 40% on the power play gives me a little bit of pause going into drafts.
1: Fair. Well, but still, third for Brian is still a steal and Lewis a couple, <laughs> yeah, couple I like that. But a still,
2: Elon is still mad about it. Yeah.
0: Uh, So I want to compliment Elon on this pick because I had Tampa Bay as one of my teams where I think that first pick could have 20 points more at least than the next player, Um, but not to drag out any longer. I'm going to go ahead and take Victor Hedman uh, because I think that he is going to outscore some of the other kind of chumps that are left on Tampa Bay there.
1: Yeah, I think he's the safest pick here, and then you could because you yeah, got Yanni Gourd or Tyler Johnson or Andre palat Like, who knows? Headman's a safe bet to at least get you fifty-five points. Hopefully, sixty. He's hit. He's hit almost seventy. He's hit seventy-three before even. So, yeah, definitely low floor or high floor, I should say. Okay, so I picked first that round, which means we're back to the start, Ben. You've got a first round pick coming. Yeah, and I'm going to take someone who I've never
3: managed to own in a league before. I really
1: want to own him. So
3: I'm going to pick Dylan Larkin from the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good spread pick for sure. And I'm going to be fourth. I do not like that. But uh, oh, well, actually, it's not so bad. Actually, Detroit isn't that bad. I think the next three are all pretty close. Okay, uh, you've got uh, Larkin and then Brian, you're up with the second pick here.
2: Second pick on Detroit. Uh, you know, it could go a lot of different directions. Uh, I have the most faith in Anthony Mantha though sticking alongside Larkin all season long and, uh, and scoring the second most points on the Red Wings. So give me my Mantha.
1: You, I mean, give him to yourself by putting him in the spreadsheet. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> quality, your quality polls on both
0: those picks. I will take Andreas Athanasiu, please.
1: Okay, and I think it's a pretty easy choice for me at number four, someone who I projected pretty similar to Athanasiu. I'll take Tyler Bertuzzi, who I expect to get uh, some sweet, sweet line one PP one time if the last season was any indication. So, yeah, I think the, the big steal here is Larkin for sure because I think Larkin could be like an 85-point guy and then Mantha, we're hoping for 70. And then, yeah, the next couple guys like 60 would be great. So, sounds sounds pretty good. Uh, now, okay, while well, everyone is filling in their picks here That means, Brian, you've got a first Come in
2: Okay, great You know how ready I still am And will be for every pick uh, I am going to go over to Chicago And grab Patrick Kane
1: Cool, yeah, definitely Okay, I don't need to like respond to every single one The next person <laughs> know. This is,
0: this is uh, one I'm very happy to take second Because I can grab Alex DeBrinket.
1: Nice. Okay. So that leaves me with a third pick on Chicago. And I guess this one is pretty easy. Like I could take a swing on a defenseman or a brand new center to the team, but I'm not going to, I'm going to take Jonathan Taves. Elon, I was so
3: hoping uh, that you would stick to your guns in that uh, Eric Gustafson comment that you made earlier in the patient group and that you wouldn't leave taste to me here. So I, I'm, I'm disappointed I said anything earlier this week when you were talking about Gustafson being safe mm-hmm. uh, for 60
1: plus. Um, but I'll take uh, Dylan Strome. Yeah, I'll take the swing. I mean, he had such a good pace on that team last year and he seems like a lock for the top power play. And yeah, like so's Gustafsson, but a forward just is going to get more points. And and especially if Strom continues to play with the Debrinket, like they just did so well together. So Yeah, and I think
3: it's a fun spot to see. Like, I think we'll see two really solid lines for a full season. And I I could see Chicago being a team that can score a lot of goals and also a team that gives up a lot. So I think they will be a fun team this year.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping Jonathan Taves. Brian would actually surprise me in the almanac. A little spoiler. He, uh, I was so sure he'd say that Jonathan Taves, no way he keeps it up. And Brian kind of said, like, maybe not to the exact extent as last year, but he was more into him than I expected. So that makes me happy because Brian's a longtime Jonathan Taves doubter, saying that he's not actually good.
2: Well, no, never a Jonathan Taves doubter, but definitely like the same way I'm a Vladimir Tarasenko as a 75-point guy. I'm very much a Jonathan Taves is a 60-point guy. Uh, but yes, I surprised myself with what I ended up finding out about him in the almanac.
1: Yeah, all the PDO Corsi made you have to change <laughs> your mind and say that he could keep it up to some extent. There's so
2: much PDO Corsi.
1: <laughs> uh Lewis, you've got first pick in the next round. By the way, maybe let's take a quick pause here while you think about it. We have a couple questions in the chat. Someone's asking can you post a copy of the rules? What you're hearing, this is the whole rules. There's no, <laughs> there's another question like how many forward DG? There's no goalies at all. There's no restrictions for forwards or defense. You could just fill your team with any position you want. In the end, we're just going to add up points, literally points, okay? That's the whole thing. So it's a very simple league. Uh, the, The main thing is just someone picks in the first round, and then everyone else picks a player from that team, and then we'll be done at some point, and then we'll see how our teams do. There's no injuries. There's no trades during the year. There's no add drops. This is it. This is what we used to do as kids, right? We didn't have all this fancy Yahoo and ESPN and fan tracks and computers and electronics or any of that. Okay. We wrote it down on a piece of paper, and then I got the news we got the newspaper every day. (laughs) And then every once in a while the newspaper would list all of the scores of like all the leading scores on the teams, how many points everyone has, then you'd get out your calculator or your abacus and you'd add it all up and then you'd figure out who won at the end of the year. And that's how it used to be. Okay. Those are the rules. I Louis, really love this
0: question that uh, not only did the newspaper only occasionally print the scores, but that also you <laughs> needed a calculator to tabulate them. That's super.
1: Well, the one, just um, came
0: out as 95 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I use lots of creams to keep myself looking out. <laughs> we drafted uphill both ways and we had to keep score with an abacus. Um, All right. I have a team where I think the top scorer is going to way outscore his other teammates, but I want to get just a high scoring player. So I'm going to go to Colorado and I'm going to take McKinnon and I'm going to say sucks for the last place person.
2: Woo! Woo, woo, Uh, woo, 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 woo! Yeah, that's one of the teams that I l- I've least wanted to end up picking last. And as you can hear in Elon's excitement, that's uh, that's what's happening here.
1: I mean, I'm more excited for myself than for anti-Brian. <laughs> but yeah, give me in. So it's just like how uh, Lewis got Dreisaitl. Now uh, Lewis, I guess, is paying it forward to me by giving me Ransonin number two. And then Ben's got a pretty easy pick here for number three. This land is Cogland. <laughs> Okay.
2: Good one. I like that. I'm surprised you passed up Cal McCar, though. Are you but, sure you don't want to change?
3: Brian, you just we'll want to get... trade later. I heard Elon say that he might be into trades. So
1: <laughs> There are no trades. Also, Legendary Brian... How many years until Brian, you say Kale Makar? Like, I was corrected that one time. Did I not say Kale just now? No, you said
2: Kale Makar. Oh, so the intent was to say Kale. (laughs) I don't know what happened between brain and mouth. Sorry. Uh, I'll take Nazim Kadri. Wah, wah.
1: I mean he's good I think he's gonna be better than last year Probably be underrated in drafts Like I think he's a good sleeper But obviously yeah. no uh, McKinnon, Rantan, and Landeskog Scott. Just a
2: giant fall off Behind the top three guys on that team I don't think aside from like Edmonton Maybe Chicago Like that's one of the biggest gaps Between the first and fourth best scorer And uh, and uh, uh, Tampa
1: Yes, okay so- And Buffalo
2: A lot of the teams that have already been taken What a bummer
1: and I'm gonna go with a team. this is tough. I have two teams in mind, both of them, one of them is like three really goods and then a drop, and then the other one is one really good, but then the other three are all pretty even and not like so much worse. Uh, I think I'm gonna do that latter one. so I'll go to Florida and give me Alex Barkov
2: yeah he that was on my radar as like you know Florida has the Barkov far and away the best scorer, and then like. I don't know fourth gets a little dicey like it's not so dicey but compared to Barkov you're you're looking at maybe a 30 point difference
1: yeah for sure like i mean this is the kind of one where you're not so angry to get fourth on this team on florida because you're going to get someone still pretty decent but uh yeah like barkov i still think could be like a nine well just from what we saw last year we saw we here's typing here from someone but uh barkov was like a 96 point guy last year and huberdo was 92 so you know if this was like last year then second was just as good as first basically but there's reason to expect that huberdo won't be as good and then yeah maybe everyone else falls in like the 70s so i'm hoping for a big win here and ben you've gotten. Next on Florida.
3: I was so upset that you implied that Huberto was a tier below Barkov that I I pressed Control r and refreshed the feed instead of Control t to open up Dauber for both of these players. (laughs) Uh, I really like Huberto in the same exact neighborhood as Barkov this year. So I'm happy to take Johnny
1: Hubes. (laughs) Huberto is good if he plays with Barkov. But uh, Barkov is good no matter who he plays with because he is Barkov. He plays with Barkov all the time okay um, <laughs> wow that's that's really deep thank you so brian here you go
2: oh yeah it's my pick uh so for florida i am going to go with evgeny dadinov who will very likely be playing with bar with barkov perhaps more so than huberdo like if one of those guys isn't going to play with barkov it's going to be huberdo although it's very likely that both of them could play with him but give me daddy yeah
1: brian gets daddy okay lewis clean up you got a couple of right. interesting choices here for sure
2: Yeah, I'm
0: going to go with someone who I'm a little afraid is going to poison my locker room, but I'll take Mike Hoffman. Uh, (laughs) I am willing to trade him for peanuts to someone else who can then also trade him for way below value to another team. Uh, So let me know if you do decide you want to get into the trading here.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah, that was a tough pick, right? Because you could have taken Chocek, you could have taken Yandel, probably both also 60-plus point guys. So uh, you can't go too bad, but I guess I agree with you with Hoffman. Brian, who would you have taken?
2: Uh, I think I had uh, Hoffman ranked fourth.
1: Yeah. All right. So next, uh, bo- uh, Ben, you got a first pick.
3: Yeah. So I actually thought that, Elon, when you said there was a big gap between one and two, that you were going to snipe me here. Uh, I'm going to take the way less sexy team and uh,
0: go with the Kings and take on Zay Kopitar. All right.
2: That's That's interesting. Was, that was
0: my team that I was thinking about going with the uh, big gap between first and second.
2: My hmm. number two now? Uh, no, Brian's
1: number two. Oh, okay,
0: good. That saves me a hard choice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is a, a kind of a weird spot to be because, like, this is one of those situations where second through fourth picks could all be roughly similar. Uh, I'm. I'll go with Dustin Brown.
1: Okay, he's the one that's playing with Kopitar, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So, uh, like, I'll just stay as I'll, I'll take the the closest thing to Kopitar that remains.
1: Sure.
0: Okay, so, Lewis, does that make it easy for you? Uh, No, I actually was picking between two different players. uh, (laughs) And I'm going to go with the one that I think is less likely to get injured. I'm kind of terrified that that Hall pick that I kind of love might end in disaster for me. Anyway, I'm going to pick up Tyler Toffoli in that spot.
1: Man, this team is really weird, right? Because, like, I actually have uh, Toffoli, like, not even in my top five here. But it's really hard because I do have... Kovalchuk as someone that I think could, like, bounce back a little. This, that's shocking. I'm so surprised. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to take him. I'm just saying that I have him here. <laughs> Brian's super into Jeff Carter still and thinks he could be good. Well, but... yeah. Well, I'm trying to dodge the injury bug here. I'm already a little worried about it. Yeah, then there's Dowdy, who should be good for 50 points. He's like the safe pick here to give me 50 uh someone's shuffling a, up a storm here but uh okay give me eh, i'll play it safe i i hate it but i'll just go dowdy because i feel yeah. like carter and kovalchuk have higher upside but not like such higher upside right like maybe we're talking 58 versus 50 if i really blew it but yeah i'll just take boring old drew dowdy who'd be great i've in- taken him second
3: yeah i mean make I think he has a lot of upside. He had a 60-point season like two years ago, and he's the only one where I'm confident that he'll get that elite deployment on that team.
2: I did consider Drew Doughty second. Like, I I think if it wasn't Dustin Brown, he's just probably the most reliable option outside of Kopitar and Brown, even though I think Carter has upside for more. Sorry, I'm not so sure about Toffoli, Lewis. Uh, Uh, but, But Kovalchuk too, also maybe more upside than Doughty, but Doughty's just like you're not gonna have to worry too much about him yeah
1: but by the way i'm throwing it out there i think kovalchuk's someone i'm gonna draft this year like i'll get him in, as my last pick on a bunch of my teams like left wing is hard to you pick. don't say yeah i mean i'm not like last year i'm not saying 70 points yeah. but uh, he started strong last year then he fell off but the coach really hated him we talked about it in the almanac right brian you actually kind of agreed with me i'm looking at your projection for kovalchuk it's close to mine it's a couple above dowdy uh obviously i think we both used volatility markers for that one but uh i don't know there's something like he's a good player right and it's it's, he needs to get the deployment like we were expecting last year that he'd play with kopitar all season then it didn't happen so now we've got a new coach we'll see okay so now who has first i guess brian you've got first
2: it's me and i'm trying to decide between a team that i think has one of the bigger gaps between their top two players left uh or a team that had like, I see teams that have a big gap between the first and second player. The teams that have big gaps between second and third. And the teams that have big gaps between first and fourth. Like, this is how I've sort of organized my strategizing. Uh, and I'm having a pretty difficult time choosing. Because there's a couple teams where I really don't want to end up outside the top three. And there's a couple where I don't want to end up outside the top two uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick from one of those teams where I don't want to end up outside the top two. Uh, so, uh, so I guess Lewis is going to be the beneficiary here uh, of my picking Artemi Panarin on the New York Rangers.
0: Damn. Yes, that is very nice. Uh, makes my pick easy. I'm going to go with Mika Jad And I have a guess for Elon, but we'll
1: see. I think I know who you think I'm gonna pick, and I. <laughs> so
2: Try, hard. I dare you not to, Elon.
1: Oh man, you know what? I'm not gonna go with the defenseman. I'm not gonna go Truba. I love Truba, but I think I'm gonna take a, a bigger swing here, which is maybe even also a crazy stupid pick. But I'll go Kapokako. Future Calder winner, Kapokako.
2: Well, now, now officially because he's on your fantasy team. I think (laughs) he would have been my third choice. Also like, What else can you do here but take a swing? You figure he's probably good to get 40. He's going to stay on the top line all year. Like that could be, that's hopefully his floor just by virtue of being exposed to Panarin and Zibanejad. And then you just, uh, you hope for the best with the rest of uh, his getting up above the rest of the New York Rangers scorers.
1: Yeah, like even a very successful season for Truba is like 55 points, right? So I hope that Kako can do better than that. And I think Truba also, you know, I love him. He did great last year. But that was also his best-ever season, and he hit 50 points. So I think – I don't know. As you said, Brian, I agree with you. Obviously, I agree with you because I made that pick, right? Okay. <laughs> so I really wish I had the top two. On the, I wonder now if maybe I made a mistake taking Barkov because I would rather have, like, Hoffman as fourth on Florida and then also have Panarin. So maybe I blew it. Maybe Good. those weren't your actual options. Well – Yeah, but I would have gotten fourth as my worst pick on Florida, Uh, so I could have only done better. And I could have had Panarin there. I wish I took Panarin instead of Barkov. What a dumb pick, Brian! Always schools me in these formats. Okay,
3: so Brian's. Let's talk about Elon's picks for about fifteen more minutes here.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, Ben, who's your pick? (laughs) Uh,
3: I'm actually happy to pick fourth on the Rangers, not because I think it's good for this team, but because I. I think it's worth talking about the Rangers' uh, top power play position. Uh, I'm really starting to believe in um, in uh, Fox uh, Fox's opportunity. Uh, the fact that they traded away or that they bought out Shattenkirk, I think, really shows that they believe in Fox and that they want him to play. They cleared that spot out on the right side specifically for him. And the way that his skill set is built is to be a top power play defenseman. I don't know if that happens right away. Uh, I do think I would have picked Capocacco if I was third. So, Elon, I think you made the right choice, especially because as the Rangers look right now, there is no second line center. Like their second line center this year might be Ryan Strom. And like as much as I'm into Chris Kreider as a player or, you know, might want to uh, pick Philly Heat for the upside. If that's who they're playing with at center, I think their their ceiling is very capped this year. So I will take Jacob Truba, but I have been picking uh, Fox in the last round of a lot of mocks, and uh, I really like his upside as well this year's. But uh, pencil me in for the Trubster.
1: I did it. I put you in. The pride of University of Michigan there. This Adam Um, Fox thing, yeah, you're not the only one to make that take, for sure. Like, a lot of people are into Adam Fox. I think he'll be fine. Like, he does I don't know. I I find it hard to believe he'll be on the top power play ahead of Truba, but I guess we'll wait and see.
3: I think it's more of a thing of certainty, right? Like, it's like, there are players like like Drew Dowdy, where you're like, 100%, I know what his deployment will be, so I know where I can pick him tory krug i know where he's gonna play with jacob truba it's not that i don't think he has the upside or that he isn't most likely to be there
1: but it's just like there are question marks yeah for sure uh so but you still picked him and now lewis <laughs> you go <laughs> well i want to i want to make a connection
0: here uh ben brought up ryan Strom and you were talking earlier about how to get people to trade with you uh and i have made hay for years out of one terrible trade i swapped uh uh, traded away Shifley to get Strom when he first got up on that Tavares line, like Thanks. however many years ago that was. Uh, and that really sucked at the time. But I have gotten a ton of great trades from that same GM ever since because he's just sure he's going to fleece me again one of these days. Uh, culminating last year with swapping uh, Shabbat at the height of his powers for Panarin, which wow. was a, a really tasty one. I actually did that during a uh, Keeping Carlson Uh, podcast when you were talking about just (laughs) put them out there for anyone who's available. I sent out a whole bunch and immediately got that uh, Panarin deal. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to jump to a team where I think there's a big gap between uh, players two and three. Um, I am... Yeah, it's good. Um, Where I am going to go is to uh, Boston so that I can pick up Brad Marchand. Lewis. Yeah. I
2: just did you the favor of getting second on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to stick me with outside of the top three on boss. Like I know when Elon talks about his last team that he was like – elon am i right when you were saying like there's a team that has three good players and then there's a big fall off were you thinking boston
1: i definitely was and brian i'm sorry the pick is uh, already locked in so you can't convince <laughs> him to change
2: it give so me rude.
1: give me uh david pasternak oh. you're,
0: you're an elementary teacher here brian so did you learn a valuable lesson from this experience
1: uh what that lewis is a jerk <laughs> Well, this is actually a good survivor lesson also. Sometimes a player will like save another player and be like, I did you a favor. Now I need you to do me a favor. It's like, no, just because you did someone a favor, don't expect them to do you a favor later. Everyone's going to act self-interested all the time. And once you learn that lesson, you'll be more successful in life. So Brian, if you did you pick Panarin to do Lewis a favor or did you pick Panarin because you thought he was the best player for you at the time? I did. Yeah. I,
2: was, I wanted to do Lewis a favor.
0: I don't believe you. <laughs> it's very nice of you. I appreciate it. Okay. yeah okay. well apparently
2: the, uh... not like so i'm now i'm trying to figure out okay so i i have panarin instead of like uh kako and <laughs> now i'm good well i'll wait for boston to play out here but uh i'm just curious you know.
3: what is the gap that you guys had between uh Pasternak and marchand with uh with bergeron like how how far below in your projections was he bergeron what?
1: It's tricky because uh, we just projected point pace, right? So uh, Bergeron doesn't, we didn't ding him for the fact that he might miss some games. But I'm taking a look here, it's like not a big spread at all. Like Brian had a bigger spread. He was a little lower on Bergeron and a little higher on Marchand actually than me. I had them all three like actually pretty similar, like 95, 95, and 90. Uh, So. Brian, why I ask,
3: yeah. I have a 15 point gap between Pasternak at 92 and Bergeron at 78, which I was surprised to see, like my, my projections are all just calculated, so I haven't, you know, played around with that at all, but I was definitely surprised to see such a big gap. Anyway, obviously I'm taking Patrice Bergeron.
1: Out of curiosity, though, when you calculated this projection for Bergeron at 78, like, was that taking into account games played? Like, was that counting the fact that he missed time?
3: No, it's uh, just a point pace that's kind of based on a
1: regression of the last three years. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, Brian, interesting choice for you now. Who's there's There's some players that you like on Boston here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like both these guys. Neither one has a has a hope of finishing within even 30 points of Marchand. I don't think, and you know, could could only hope to finish within 25 of the others. Um, so I've got Krejci and Krug, who I'm deciding between. I think. I'm gonna go Krug, um, even though you know I like I sing Krejci's praises all the time, but I just feel like Krug is a uh, just a little more of a of a sure thing. You know, like I don't have to worry about who he's playing with. I know he's going to be on that top power play, so I will take uh, w- Tori Krug and be pretty darn sad about it.
0: So I want to ask: I had DeBrusk and Krug as my last pair. How do you feel about DeBrusk versus? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you like. uh Krejci still a little more than Nebraska.
2: You bet I do.
0: Okay, interesting.
2: Yeah, but like maybe I'm a fool. But I you'll you'll hear on the if you'll hear in the Boston chapter of our almanac just how Krejci has stood out in the NHL over the last decade. Like has been low key one of the best keepers to own. Like if you started a keeper league ten years ago, that was deep enough to be like keep twelve or keep fifteen, and you had David. Like you should have had David Krejci pretty much the entire time.
1: Yeah, he just like he, he's scary because he doesn't get on the top power play, but he's still, especially last year during that stretch, was so hot and he ended with like seventy plus points. Uh, but like Debrusque is the kind of guy where he definitely has upside because he gets that good deployment, second line and top power play. But he didn't do much with it last year. Like he did, he did okay, but like he was you know available in most middle shallow fantasy leagues, and so. there's definitely good upside for him like he's another guy that i would definitely take in my draft there's no way i'm leaving him undrafted unless it's like a super shallow league but uh i don't know brian actually would have so you went with krejci or you went with no you went with krug i went krug oh who would you have gone with i would have gone krejci i think like i think he's good for like 65 points that would be like i think that's higher than what krug generally gets but he's also injury prone to be fair
2: yeah krejci's upside is higher but i am krug it just seems like a, a little more reliable
0: How cool would it be if Krug could start the season uh, in the lineup for Boston, which he has not been able to do the last few years? I was a Krug keeper owner uh, both of those years, and just these stupid early season injuries have been the worst.
3: Yeah, lay it on, Lewis. I'm pretty sure that's illegal in the state
0: of Massachusetts for Krug to be healthy in October. (laughs) Uh, Krug is also a Sparty, so I, I am happy to have jettisoned him anyway.
2: If you ever want to know who played hockey in Michigan, uh, like who played college hockey in Michigan, Lewis knows. Lewis also knows uh, that it definitely matters which Michigan college a player played hockey for. They're not all the same. If he played for the good Michigan college or the not good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm really glad you figured this out. Come on along with me on this journey.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, By the way, don't complain about Krug being injured at the start. That's the best time for a player to be injured, right? You don't want him to be injured at the end in your fantasy playoffs. That's where it kills you. If you're a good player, you get yourself into the playoffs, even with an injured Tory Krug. If you couldn't make the playoffs because of that, that's your own darn fault. I might need
0: to lose a couple uh, seasons in my keeper league just so that the other teams will stick around.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what like, Cam Robinson needs to do with his league. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with a player who I'm pretty happy to get this late. I know that you might say that the gap isn't that big, but I think the gap's still pretty big. So give me Sidney Crosby here with my number one pick in round whatever it is, round like 15 or whatever.
2: Very nice, Elon. He was my he, if I didn't go, uh, who did I go with first, last round? Panarin? Crosby was the other choice. I think he's one of the, Pittsburgh is one of the teams where there, I think, is the biggest gap between one and two. That that are left in all the teams we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, there is the
1: okay. We'll wait for the players to be picked. There's obviously yeah. the other center who, if he's healthy, could be very similar. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm glad you were so subtle. About, <laughs> there, there is the other center. I mean, this <laughs> let's, is... let's let's not let's not blow up anyone's spot. But there is the other center. Yeah, Nick Bukestad, You never know. <laughs> yeah, this Jared is what
3: Is Bukestad still available at two? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I'm going to take Evgeny Malkin, but, like, his health does make me wonder uh, or ask questions.
2: Well, Ben, I'm glad you did, so I don't have to, uh, Mm -hmm. because that's just not a comfortable feeling. I'll be happy to go with Jake Gensel, who, you know, I think is still a fair bit behind Crosby. But uh, Pittsburgh, in addition to being one of my teams remaining that had the biggest gap between first and second, uh, was also the team with the largest gap remaining between first and fourth. And honestly, I don't, I wouldn't have known what to do with the second pick on Pittsburgh, whether, you know, Malkin or Gensel or, uh, what to do with the fourth pick on Pittsburgh. So Lewis, I'm very excited to see where you go with it.
0: Yeah. So I would have taken Gensel second also. Um, Yes. yes, I have Malkin in a big red uh spot on my spreadsheet, which is the same thing I had for Bergeron uh and now I'm gonna be forced to uh grab myself another big red flag here uh I actually uh yeah, I'm gonna take Crystal Tang and just pray like crazy that maybe <laughs> uh maybe he's gotten all of his injury karma out of the way early. <laughs>
2: Hey, as we said on, on in the Pittsburgh chapter of the Almanac, this is like his best stretch of healthfulness That's since true. like, or like I think in the last I can't remember the year offhand now, but it's been at least eight or nine years since he's played this many out of like this many games out of this many. I'll so, mute uh,
0: myself, but I'll be furiously knocking on wood right now. <laughs> uh, any other, any other people you had in that fourth slot? I'm really curious.
1: Well, first of all, I just want to say that it's funny how you're talking about Brian, how Chris, Leten- like he only played 65 games last season. I like, he didn't play a lot. Most health. Yeah. Stretch awesome, <laughs> oh Best God. shape of his life. I think the next pick would be Galchenyuk, right? Like, yeah. That's what I guy had. Who- Has upside. Like who else would make making me feel better?
2: But Chris Letang in 60 games could very well do what Galchenyuk would be doing in 82.
1: Yeah, unless Galchenyuk plays with Malk. You know, that's (laughs) every player on Pittsburgh, right? That goes (laughs) there. Like what? Now he's with Malk. Well, but also Galchenyuk could land on the top power play. Like this guy has up. Like the problem is he's never met his potential. But we used to think he was a good player, and now he could be playing with the best line mates at even strength on the power play than he ever has. So the upside's there. Another guy for sure that's on my radar as a sleeper pick. But I think I, I don't know, I actually might have taken Galchenik just because I, I always get burned by Latang. <laughs> but I don't know. That would have been a tough pick, so I'm just glad I have Crosby. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, ben, you get to go first now.
3: I, I will say I really like Galchenyuk as a, a late round sleeper, and I grabbed him in a mock draft that um, I did with a couple of other fantasy hockey Twitter accounts last night. Um, I definitely would have considered him and ended up taking Latang. Uh, however, that's not what we're talking about now. We are talking about my first overall pick for the Calgary Flames, and I'm oh. taking Johnny Hockey.
2: Dang, that was where I was going next. I thought I could. I thought I could wait just one more round.
1: Eh, that's actually a team that I don't mind uh, coming fourth and if I have
2: to be, I don't want to be fourth on any team but I feel like Calgary's got some pretty good options all the way down at 4 but Brian it's really get- interesting Elon cuz I have them as having one of the largest gaps between their top pick and their fourth pick.
1: I see their fourth pick probably getting 70 points. So Okay. We'll see. Yeah, but uh- their
2: top pick is going to get 100. so it's like saying like it's a 70 40 point sort of situation
1: well yeah but i mean we're talking first versus fourth like what teams don't have a 30 point gap we're not talking between first and second like lots of teams
2: don't in fact i think there are like i I think there are only a handful of teams left that have a 20 point gap or more between Between the first and fourth
1: yeah all right well we'll we'll keep track as we go so brian's got getting monahan obviously lewis where are you going
0: this is a tough one, a little bit. Um, I'm not a big believer in uh, – uh, oh, man, I lost my spot on my spreadsheet here. There it is. I'm not a big Lindholm believer. Um, I think I'm going to grab – Wait a here. second.
2: You're, you're drafting from a spreadsheet and not from a video archive of NHL games? What kind of hockey fan are you? <laughs> spreadsheet Monstrous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Kuchak here.
1: Yeah, makes sense. And I feel like the smart decision would be to go with Elias Lindholm. But we did have that post on our Facebook group today about how Milan Lucic has been working out really hard, <laughs> and he might yeah, actually do
2: it. I can't. Um, I'm just kidding. i
1: no, I'm just give me Lindholm. <laughs> uh, that was easy pick, obviously. So yeah, Elias Lindholm. He had like 78 points last year, yeah. or whatever. So uh, that's not so bad for a fourth pick on a team. But yeah, honestly, I think
2: I think he got out pretty good.
1: Yeah, I like Kachuk also. Though I, I probably would have taken Kachuk over Lindholm because he's a surer thing. But I think Lindholm has more upside on the top line, of course. Uh, so that takes us now to Brian getting a first pick. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Here we go. I, well, <laughs> like the, my my team just got sniped, so uh, I've got to think on the fly here. I think we gonna. Go to, I'm gonna go to Vancouver. So Ooh. this is another fate, Lewis. I want to be clear. This is a favor. Okay. <laughs> I expect it to be reciprocated. Uh, okay. And I'm going to take Elias Pedersen, or however he wants us to say his name these days. Uh, this is a thing. disgusting
3: act of war, Brian, as the number <laughs> four pick.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm furious.
2: I mean, uh, if you hadn't taken Goodrow, you might have gotten a better fourth pick on this team.
1: Yeah, you uh, would have gotten Elias Lindholm. <laughs> I think we've established that.
2: Yeah, too bad.
1: I mean, All the right. fourth pick might not be so bad, actually. We'll talk about it in a bit. First, let's get the second pick out of the way. We'll sign me up for my second favorite BB, Brack Besser. <laughs> and then I'll go with uh,
3: BH, Bo <laughs> Brent Burns is fuming somewhere right now, Lewis. Uh,
1: <laughs> wow, oh, oh, man, Brent I am not going to
0: join favorites. my favorites.
1: Wait, uh, you both talked at the same time there. I don't know. What did you say, Lewis? Say it again. Oh, I was just going to say,
0: Brent Burns can jump into my BB list uh, if I get him on my team. Otherwise, I don't care for him very much.
3: Fair. I honestly am at a loss for what to do with number four here. Um, I really don't believe in any of the I I'm not a Quinn Hughes believer not because I don't believe in the talent but because I don't believe that the deployment is going to be handed to him uh Travis Green just does not strike me as a guy the kind of guy who's like hey kid why don't you uh, hop on three minutes of power play time per night um and so for that reason I guess I'll go with uh former Rangers boy JT Miller
1: yeah I think it's the obvious choice it's probably going to be on the top line or at least on the top power play I think I think or Furland. That's the thing we discussed it. Like the thing is you don't want to discount someone like Furland. Cause we discussed we discounted him last year. Didn't expect him to do anything on Carolina. Then he ended up on the top line and was great at the start. So you never know, but uh, Miller makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: cool. So now Brian uh, did that favor for Lewis. And now, Lewis, you're, I think, bound to take a team where the fourth pick is really good to pay Brian back.
2: Where the fourth pick might even be better than the first pick, I think, would be appropriate. <laughs> so, Ottawa.
0: I definitely have a team <laughs> where I feel like the top four players are essentially clones of one another. Um, but I'm not going there. Um, Brian, let's... Uh, uh, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to Washington. Ooh. Much to Brian's delight, I'm sure.
2: Uh, not uh, especially. I'm oh, you're take... being sarcastic.
0: Yes. Oh. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to take Ovi here uh, naturally. He never ages and he's basically uh, perfect.
1: I love it. I love it a lot because I feel like there's a maybe one point gap one way or the other between Ovi and the second pick of Genny Kuznetsov. So that's just fine for me.
0: You don't think the NHL is going to have some concerns about uh oh, the and and Bolivian marching powder. <laughs> they said not, right? Am I making a huge mistake? <laughs> did
1: they say that they just warned him?
0: Yeah, he's all good. I think you only uh I think you only get in trouble if you have a contract that your team really wants to get out of.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the Mike Richards rule. Mhm. That's exactly right. Uh,
3: so, power or uh, penalty minutes count in this league, right? We're getting like 0.5 for a penalty minute so uh, 10 points I, per yeah. game suspended <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I, That's the only way I'm taking Tom Wilson here um, Give me Nikki Bax
2: Alright And that just leaves me with a Very straightforward fourth pick In John Jonathan As his friends call him Carlson His friends like him so much they actually spend more time Saying his name than most
1: <laughs> That's okay. a beautiful thing Very nice All right, so that was pretty easy. Brian, no T.J.
2: Oshie. You hate T.J. Oshie, eh? Why would I? When has T.J. Oshie ever scored 70 points? (laughs) I like how you're trying to turn this into a Brian hates T.J. Oshie (laughs) moment, but it's not even close.
0: Did he not score 70 points in that Olympic
2: shootout? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If this was an Olympic shootout pool, I might consider him ahead of John Carlson. Okay. Do you know what, what his... Do you know an interesting Tim, Hoofud, Caki, TJ, T-J Oshi fact? Please. So his his like we all joke Timothy Jimothy, but his full name is Timothy Leaf Oshi. Like he's
1: actually T L Oshi. He's a fraud. So what's the J for? Jimothy. But like you don't <laughs> have every re- like. Why does he call himself that?
2: The J is for Leaf. L e i f.
1: Okay, but there must be an answer to the question. Okay, we'll have to save this for a future patron you cast. Why does he? it call- cool. Oh, I guess. Is it stage name?
2: Okay. I, there's a, there's some really great... Oh, a, TJ was given to him by his mother after she saw the film The Champ because, oh, she reminded her of the main character... Uh, The main character... Oh, my God. I can't move this tab to see it on my screen. The main character's son who is named TJ Flint.
3: Can I switch to TJ Oshi now that I know he's named after the champ?
2: <laughs> Who's the champ? What's, the, is that, what's that about? It's a 1979 America drama sports film. Mm-hmm. Cool. Stars John Voight as Billy Flynn. Wow. TJ Uh named after TJ Flynn, a fictional character. This is
1: all fascinating stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a team, so I guess I might be screwing over Lewis and maybe Brian, depending on contract situations. Uh, give me Austin Matthews on the Leafs, as I think a, a safe pick. Hopefully, he has his first, like, well, not his first, but like a, one of his rare full seasons without an injury. He he did play his full rookie season. Uh, if he plays a full season, I think he's hitting ninety points. So, I'll- man,
0: I really didn't want to pick fourth here.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. I don't even know that I want to pick third here. Well,
3: I'll yeah, take like Jonathan Tonathan Tavares. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Like third and fourth here are, are pretty even. So, like, I have a choice here, which is to count on Mitch Marner playing a game uh, or to uh, think he won't and go elsewhere, which is still even dicey. Like, if Marner doesn't play, I'm not sure who I'm even picking, like who my third pick would be. I've got a few names here. Oh, uh, I, this is one of those, uh, like moments where I wish I could ask the audience, like, you know, like how, how close are we? It seems like Mitch Marner's dad is real stubborn. Do
0: you Oops. care for my opinion here? <laughs>
2: uh yeah i do actually and i'm gonna try and try and really figure out if you're giving me your honest opinion or just trying to manipulate the situation to your favor i just won't say anything i think oh come on You're, you're afraid of my psychoanalysis
1: i'll tell you an opinion if you want to hear it which is yeah. that even if Marner plays like 70 games, he's probably the next best pick on the team. So it's, okay. it depends how far, how long you think he's going to hold out.
2: How many games did Nylander play last year, right? Like we have a precedent for a Toronto Maple Leaf holding out and it's not pretty.
1: Uh, it's a sample size of one. Anyways, make your pick. Let's go.
2: Uh, okay. I'm going to swing for the fences here. I'm going to go Mitch, Mitchell Marner.
1: Okay. And it's a fun now choice for nice. Lewis. I can think of, like, three different guys that he could choose between.
2: Yes. Um, who would have, by the way, been, if, I, if I'm if i allowed to keep talking here, sorry, uh, who would have been my first choice on Toronto had he bit had a contract? So if he gets a contract, that's a really great turn of events for me.
0: Yeah, yeah I was really hoping that you'd be spooked by the uh, contract situation. Yeah.
2: So... Yeah. I'm going to go
0: with a guy who did hold out last year, and I feel like we'll have a real fire lit under him, especially if he has an opportunity if Marner does hold out. And I'm going to take Nilander and see if that pays off against Brian here.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting because we're leaving Morgan Riley off the board, who was like a 70-plus guy last year. I'm, I know. I'm
0: too worried about these defensemen, though. I think uh, the the Barry Riley thing, I'm just trying to stay as far as I can away from it.
1: That's fair. Hey, a lot of people were afraid of Carlson Burns last year and it worked out just fine for Brent Burns at his best ever season. You
2: True know, Tyson enough. Barry's dad is allegedly also a pill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
2: should definitely start we
1: have our friends board where we're gonna connect with <laughs> players our friends, and we need to know who has bad dads.
0: <laughs> Burns was Tyson my only Brent. good big money pick last year. My other two were total disasters. That's why I'm in tier two now.
1: <laughs> oh actually I hate to break it to you. might fall another tier, Lewis. We'll we'll talk after. We're thinking of making some changes to the couple, uh, tier. Like, but, I don't want to talk about this right now. You're going to throw me off my game. You're
0: really going <laughs> to, you really going to kick Lewis out of tier two mid episode. Eh? <laughs> uh, I know not to curse on this podcast, but, uh,
1: No, we'll see what happens. You know, sometimes people like don't come back. And so if people get to get bounced back up. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I'm relying on. Oh, Jesus. I will happily curse for you on this podcast. Lewis. I'm not afraid. By the way, KakaoFo, Oh, anyways, what am I saying? Don't sign up for
0: it, especially (laughs) if you're in one of the higher tiers, please.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but if you did play last year, you still have to sign up. I always have to remind the patrons of this because people always ask, like, I don't know if you want to come back or not. So you need to tell me by signing up. And there's a link in the Facebook group make sure you register before september 12th and then you'll find out what tier you're in but yeah we're kind of thinking of maybe trying to let the people who did well in the lower tiers jump up as opposed to like being stuck in tier five forever unless you like win or come in second but we'll save that for a separate discussion on the facebook group <laughs> lewis you should have done better last year okay so now <laughs> ben has a first pick in the next round if it helps lewis i don't think jade is
3: going to come back so maybe you will you'll be able to keep her spot i don't know huh. um I'm going to go gonna Winnipeg win. here. I really don't want to be outside the top two. And uh, so I'm going to take Blakey wheels.
1: Damn. A fourth on Winnipeg. That sucks. All right. Easy pick for Brian.
2: Uh, Well, it's too bad. Troop is not in Winnipeg anymore. I would definitely take him here. But seeing as he's gone. Are you joking? <laughs> I'll have to go with uh, Mark Scheifele. And actually, I take it back. Fourth on Winnipeg is fine. I don't know why I was complaining. I would actually. I think the biggest gap on Winnipeg is between second and third. Like, I'm happy oh, to have Shifley and Wheeler, and then I think you're you're in dicey territory.
1: Not dicey. Come on, the next pick is pretty obvious.
2: Though. Lewis is just still reeling. Like, you should not have dropped that on him, especially before we finalized anything. <laughs> like, <Not really. laughs>
1: My real issue is I
0: am <laughs> facing the choice between a player that I drafted last year in Cupful with a big chunk of money and who really sucked except for one game when I played against Brian and incinerated him by like 75 points <laughs> um, or a Michigan product. Uh, <laughs> I am going to go with Patrick Liney. I think he's not going to hit like 15 posts and crossbars like he did last year. That just seems impossible to repeat. And I think just like, my guy Willie Nylander. Nylander, Uh he's gonna have a fire under him
3: <laughs> he's gonna hit 20 posts this
0: year
1: that's funny okay uh yeah sorry about that I'm just kidding Louis. you'll probably be you'll probably be in tier two <laughs> <You'll
0: be okay. laughs> I'm fine you know what I will roll with
1: the punches but the, the all, whole all point-
0: you're doing is delaying the reunification of me and Davy B up in tier one uh, and if you really want to do that that's up to you
1: I mean, if you win tier three, you're back in tier one anyway. So it doesn't matter. Okay. You still have to win next year to get back in. Next, I get to pick fourth pick on Winnipeg. I got Kyle Connor, who probably is a safer bet than Patrick Line after that weird season last year. I feel like Kyle Connor was like 65 plus last year. Maybe he could even get to 70. Top line, hopefully, still with Wheeler and Shifley. And he seems to have locked in that top power play spot with those guys in Line. A, so not so bad. Fourth pick, Kyle Connor i'll live okay brian you're now you're the
0: next one half dozen the other with him and line a this year
1: yeah it could definitely go either way obviously in a regular league maybe you would jump on line a because he has like the goal scoring which is usually more valuable and like more shots and even hits and all that good stuff so uh, but here i think for points yeah it could definitely go either way
0: that's what i thought last year
1: yeah <laughs> uh, you still got 30 goals just you got them all in one matchup against brian
0: <laughs> if you gotta pick your spot that was pretty tasty
1: yeah, hey, Brian didn't make the playoffs, so he could blame it on that one matchup. So, yeah. Relegate Brian
0: instead of Lewis. I just think Winnipeg should play all their games in Finland.
1: <laughs> okay, Brian, so where are you going now?
2: Isn't it Ben? Uh, it I is... picked Winnipeg.
1: He's picked Winnipeg, yeah. It's
2: oh, right. Uh, great. I'm going to go Carolina. Give me a Sebi
0: That is so rude, rude. Brian. What the hell, man? This is another one where I definitely didn't want to be third or fourth. (laughs) Give me El Nino. You don't need a writer.
2: You know, I'm just... Ben, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to avoid the teams that I want to be in your position on. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Okay. This is an interesting one. I already took a swing earlier when I got Capocaco on the Rangers with the third pick. And I think I'm going to take a similar swing here. Not on a rookie. I'm not going Martin Nichas, but I am going to go Andre Svechnikov here. Oh my God. Thank you, Elon. I will happily take Tavo here. Wow. Wait, wait,
2: wait, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. No, I it's didn't
1: over. realize everyone took Nita Rider. There's No, no take You backs. can't come back. <laughs> what the I hell? I not
0: have been more clear.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even listening. I just assumed you were going to take T- Tara Vinen, and that's why I loved up Svechnikov. I didn't even listen to you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, getting disrespected. Man, this is a tough night.
2: Why did you pick Niederreiter over Tara Vinan? <laughs> uh, Elon, you, I, you, like I think there. you think that's crazier than several other people, including myself, do. I so Ben gets Tara Vinen in the fourth spot. Oh, wow. I made a
1: mistake. <laughs> I clearly would rather have Tara Vinen. If you look at my projections, it's very <laughs> clear, but fine. TM yeah, me later, Elon, we'll work out a trade.
2: No, no. By the way, you Lewis- should, Elon, Elon should get terrifying in. i like, is too. this is too cruel. No, it's fine. I can't fine,
1: handle right. it. It's fine. I'm going to win anyways. I have a great team. But uh, by the way, Brian, I have to tell you, like, and I guess Lewis also, you guys are too high on Niederreiter. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he had one Wrong. good season and he had one good run and the rest has been terrible. He's not guaranteed to be on the top line. He was terrible in the playoffs last year. He totally disappeared. I could definitely see Svechnikov bumping him from the top line. Maybe he holds top power play. Maybe not. Not like okay. I think you guys so are way... enjoy
2: Svechnikov then. If yeah, the playoff... I would rather
1: have Svechnikov than Niederrider. That's what, the, what I thought the decision was, and it was a that's wild. So... We'll see. You I'll guys take, are way I'll too excited. Into... Side action on that one.
0: If, yeah. if playoff is all that matters, you should have already picked St. Louis and taken uh, Shen already. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying that uh, people who are super confident in Niederreiter, I'll be happy for them to draft him, and I'll take someone safer. I don't know if it necessarily, you know, Svechnikov is, is a much more sure thing. Obviously, he's also a risky guy, but uh, Niederreiter had, like, a what a good 20-game run or whatever it was, and people are, like, thinking that he's, like, a guaranteed... Brian had him pegged for, like, almost 70 points in the almanac, which I think is a little great. I mean,
2: crazy. And you're just giving away the almanac for free at this point, by the way. Well, and also, I, like, please... Maybe you should re-listen to it yourself.
1: By the way, that we did give away that chapter for free, Brian. So <laughs> I'm going to be emailing your employer, Elon. <laughs> Please, okay, don't bring that up. Okay, uh, so that means that. Uh, so since Ben went, no, Brian went first. There, I made a dumb mistake by not listening to Lewis's pick,ing and now Lewis, you get uh, to make up for your terrible pick by getting a first pick now. All right. Um, I can't believe
2: Ben just got a second like. There, there you go, Ben. I knew this would work for you.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Brian.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, no, that's cool. I think that I'm going to go with uh, a team near and dear to our uh, podcast host, hearts, and a team that I think uh, just has really not a whole lot to pick from um, besides maybe this top pick. Uh, I'm going to take the man who's going to have every opportunity available to him. Give me Brady Kachuk so I can have a pair of Kachuks on my awesome team. Oh Oh, man. I
1: actually thought you were going somewhere else. Uh, I'll tell you when that other team gets it. When you said that, like, uh, (laughs) yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Everyone was terrible. (laughs) I thought you were going to a team that also doesn't score a lot of goals. Anyway, we'll save that. So you're taking the top player on that team is going to be
0: especially good this uh, upcoming season.
1: Okay, we'll discuss it in a bit. So you have Brady Kachuk. I have second pick on Ottawa. That This is definitely a team I would have preferred to have as a fourth pick because who the F knows, right? Uh, I guess like the smart money would say to just take Shabbat. So I'll do that. I'll take Shabbat.
0: I had Shabbat too also.
1: But uh, I do think that I am concerned because if you look at his numbers last year after the mass exodus, uh, they were definitely not as good as they were before that. So hopefully he's also still young.
0: Got to trade him away while he's on total fire.
1: Yeah, get Panarin.
3: Um, So just asking for a friend here, are there any other hockey players on the Ottawa (laughs) (laughs) Senators?
0: I know you only got through your top two on every team, but I do actually have a four deep if you'd like me to share. Uh,
3: that's uh, that's a generous uh, Assessment of how I did this um, I'm going to go with uh, The 45 million dollar man Or however much money they gave him last week uh, Colin White
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean I feel like The top three on Ottawa are pretty Straightforward
3: uh-huh. And then yes, it's
2: just A giant yawning Abyss
0: I literally have two question marks after my fourth pick On Ottawa <laughs>
2: Um, only two, huh? Brian, stop so, smelling. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you're looking at Duclair, who has, like, maybe some upside. Uh, Chris Tyranny is probably the most reliable of the group to hit 40 points. Uh, Bobby Ryan, semi-reliable, though likely to get injured. Huh. I'll go, I'll just go with Anthony Duclair.
1: Woof. Yeah, that's yeah. A bad pick. Well,
2: who knows? <laughs> I would have gone. Do you want to know who I would have gone with? Well, yeah. I think it, it would be it, for me. It was between him and Tierney. Who would you have gone with? I actually would have gone Drake Batherson.
1: I think he's the guy with the most upside. I would have maybe even taken him over Colin White. To be honest,
3: I think he could hit fifty. Uh, I think with Batherson, you're risking like getting fifteen points though
2: yeah it's true because also because he might be in the ahl
1: yeah but he did dominate the ahl last year and i feel like the Sens have nothing like why not like what they need to sell tickets right have an exciting young guy who dominated the ahl let's see what he can do like they did just play brady kachuk last year the whole season when he could have also been in the minors so i just don't see them i don't see a reason for batherson to play in the minors again this year so i think he'll be up you got to think they're taking a Bathurston on the ticket gate here. <laughs> All
3: right,
0: legendary oh, comedy podcast.
1: Time on ice. Yeah, you guys need to make a podcast with gold like this. Uh, okay, so that then goes to so that was Lewis. Oh, that means me. That's fun. Okay, man, tough choice here. I'm. I don't know. Like I've been going with a lot of. Just like best player available picks, like you know, when I got Crosby and like Matthews and whatever, even though they were good second players. And I guess I'm gonna do it again here, though well, I think there could be a little bit of a golf. I don't know, anyway. Enough uh, preamble, I'll go to Philly and take Claude Giroux because he's great. He's I have Giroux. to
3: say, Elon, you've like you saying that you've been taking all these one like teams with top two picking behind you. I just, I got to shout out my, my new favorite keeping Carlson uh, host, Elon Dabrowski for that. Also leaving me Tavo in the Carolina rounds. So, yeah. Shouts out Elon all around. What a great guy. Uh, I'll take Couturier. Okay. Yeah,
2: I, not going to, it's for a favorite player. not going to think too hard about this. I'll take Voracek, please. Voracek, please. <laughs> okay.
1: Louis. Uh, interesting choice for fourth. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm gonna go a little safer, I guess. I'm gonna take JVR and leave the defenseman on the bench. I heard a wild stat about uh, uh, not Ghostbird. This is bad content because I can't think of who Sanheim Provorov Provorov. Provorov. He had a 29% IPP this last season.
1: 29%.
0: What do defensemen
1: usually have? Like
0: in the 40s, at least. Like that seems like a pretty a pretty. That's awful. Anyway, I'm taking JVR here.
1: Yeah, Provorov could, especially in, you know, your bangers league where everything's counted, he was, like, ranked super high going into last year. Now you're going to get him so much later in your drafts, a cat just walked by Ben's camera. Uh, So, yeah, I think that Provorov, don't forget about him, but obviously in a points-only league, he has limited value, but he could hit 40 points again, like he did, uh, or he looked like he was going to be a safe bet for going into last year. All right, so that was my first pick. I got Giroud. I guess it ended up being pretty boring. Giroud, Couturier, Vorchek. I guess I feel like Giroud is maybe 10 points higher than the others. Uh, ben, back to you. I've been doing you these favors. Why don't you do me a favor? Give me a team with a good fourth pick.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just decided on who I'm going to go with, and uh, I am pro- uh, profoundly apologetic to Elon. Uh, so the thing with where we're getting in this draft is – we're kind of getting to a point where, like, I'm not sure that there's a guaranteed difference between the top pick and the second pick. Uh, I'm looking at Arizona right now, mm-hmm. and um, I I really want to pick uh, Clayton Keller, but I, I think I have to take Phil Kessel first. I don't like this, <laughs> but okay.
2: I'm so sorry.
3: You've been such a good friend tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I think, uh, sorry, you said you took Kessel, Ben?
3: I did, yeah. And I, I think, I think I just have to, but every part of uh, my subconscious wishes I had taken Clayton Keller.
2: <laughs> well, I don't see the pick confirmed yet. Brian, come on, <laughs> let's go. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's not like I need to think very hard about this. I'll be taking Clayton Keller, who uh, I did have ahead of Castle, but I also like something in my gut was like, are you, are you sure? Like if, like, I kind of didn't want to pick first on Arizona because I would feel like I'm making potentially the wrong first pick, which is just an awful thing to do in a format like this.
3: I feel the same way. Like, I want I want to believe in Clayton Keller first, but I just, I'm not, it, The my gut
1: just stopped me from doing it. Kessel's a much safer pick than Clayton Keller. Did you see K- Keller's year last year? And I'm a Keller booster. I think he's another great guy to grab late in your draft if he falls. But obviously you take Phil
2: Kessel. It's not a question. He's Phil freaking Kessel. Come on. Okay. Let's go. I mean, that, that could be a bet. Did we make that bet in the almanac?
1: No. If we didn't, then throw it in. I think it's an easy bet for me. I got the high ceiling and high floor and keller has a high ceiling and a low floor so i mean, should
2: I should, the,
1: I, sh- I should get odds on that one sorry
3: lewis what were you saying no sorry that's me having not heard the almanac are you not like super concerned about phil kessel going from like the greatest supporting cast possible to the worst
2: supporting cast possible elon is a lot less concerned about that than i am
1: Yeah. Also like he wasn't around the best supporting cast in Toronto and he was doing just fine. Like I'm obviously I'm concerned about him in terms of his overall fantasy value, but I still think he's the best guy in Arizona. Anyway, I just think like that, that age, like the difference between him alone in Toronto is a lot more like starkly
0: different from him alone in
1: Arizona. Fair, 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 fair. Okay. Let's keep going. Lewis, third pick on Arizona.
0: I had this flagged as one of my least favorite third, fourth picks. Um, I guess I've got a steady, somewhat reliable choice and uh, a potential higher score. I'm going to take Nick Schmaltz here, I suppose, and hope that uh, he can push his way into that top power
1: play. Yeah, I think that's the uh, safe. I mean, not the safe. That's the risky bet, but that's what I would have taken. Like, I feel like I know that that's another thing Brian and I maybe aren't seeing completely eye-to-eye on, but I think that Schmaltz is a, a good bet to have a really great season. Another good sleeper here. For late in your drafts because people will forget about him since he was injured for a lot of last year. Uh, And then that leaves me with the fourth pick. Hmm, Yeah, so it's between Stepan and OEL for me. And after what we saw last season, I'm going to go OEL. I'm just going to play it safe here. I don't want Stepan to just continue to fall. Even though he could also, he was such a steady 50 to 55 and even higher point guy. Year in, year out forever until last season. So he could come back and do that, but it also depends if Schmaltz bumps him down the depth chart or not so yeah i'll just take oel and then that leaves uh brian you get the next first pick
2: Hmm. so you know i thought i had this all figured out and now i'm uh i'm throwing myself for a loop here trying to figure out exactly what the right move is here um i think i will go to the oh my god I think I will go to the New York Islanders and select Matt Barzal. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing.
2: I'm I'm really not crazy. Like there's some teams where like I see maybe some bigger gaps between second and third and first and fourth. But that's probably one of the teams remaining where I'm the the most concerned about even just having to pick second. Like and then second, third, fourth are probably pretty close. So uh, like fourth pick here. It's I think in pretty good shape, but, uh, I just didn't want to be not first. So yeah, I'll take Barzell.
0: Yeah, that's tough now. All right. So yeah, not a lot of great choices. Um, as a Red Wings fan, I really like to reward players who did well for me in the past, regardless of how I think their futures will be. Well, uh, Phil
2: Pula was, is no longer an Islander. No,
0: he's a, he's are. a Red Wing again for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> uh, so, Anders Lee has always been a, a good guy to have. Uh, I don't know. I'm picking between him and Eberle. I feel like they're basically the same in terms of possible upside, but maybe Lee, Wow, well, we don't count goals more. Anyway,
1: I'm taking Lee. It's interesting that you were deciding between Lee and Eberly, because I'm going to go with someone who I really don't like having on my team, but I still have more faith in him than Everly. I know who it's going to be. Yeah. So I'll take Josh <laughs> Bailey. And then I guess, Ben, if you want, you can take uh, Jordan Everly.
3: <laughs> I also wanted Josh Bailey when when Lewis said the two that I didn't want.
1: Uh, well, I mean, what's the difference, really? Uh, I'm going to take Brock Nelson, though. Oh, Brian, are you like so shook right now? Because you is someone that you love so much.
2: I mean, check the almanac, man, to see who I would have picked between Brock Nelson
1: and Jordan Everly. Is that rude? No, that's good. That's a good teaser there, people. That's going to get us a sale right now. If you want to know who <laughs> Brian likes better between Brock Nelson and Jordan Everly, you got to pay 20 bucks and you'll find out.
0: I'm that's dying right? to know.
1: <laughs> I will give you all of the money.
0: <laughs> okay. so Brian, that... has Josh Bailey ever. Uh... Oh, actually, that's not a good question. Never mind. Go on. <laughs>
1: well, it's your pick, Lewis, so you can keep talking. And you're muted.
0: I uh, so that wasn't a great second choice for me for once, so I feel a little more justified in uh, giving Brian a tough choice. I'm going to go what? to Columbus and grab Cam Atkinson off the top.:
1: Oh Oh <laughs>
2: Ah, this works this so nicely. Is Elon's happy voice.: I know yeah.
0: Elon wants to, but Obviously. I still think I, I want to grab Atkinson here.
1: That's good. Give me Dubois. But actually, Columbus is a team where I could see it ending up being kind of close. I think fourth pick might not be so bad. I think actually that Brian is higher on who the fourth pick will be. Then actually depends who it'll be. Okay, so let's let's yeah. let's. Well, let it I want to ask
0: how much of this uh Atkinson versus PLD is based on what you found when you were comparing Zibanejad and PLD.
2: Oh uh, when you look at that
0: hockey viz there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think like Dubois, like you look at his like like what what he does offensively at five on five and he looks uh he looks like he could be better than Zibanejad it's just that that power play piece was really missing and I'm amongst those who thinks he'll get that piece back this year while Columbus hopefully does whatever it takes to figure out their power play so uh like I think it'll be pretty close between Dubois and Atkinson you know this is Columbus is a team where like I don't really care Uh, If I'm picking first or second, like between those guys. And I don't really care if I'm picking between third and fourth.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I pick third here and um, I think it's a really interesting, this kind of, this choice illustrates the dynamic that's at work at this kind of a pool where it's a point pace specific and there's no position eligibility whatsoever, because like, I think if I were drafting, uh, Drafting in a normal league, I would pick Seth Jones first uh, of the Columbus players. Um, here, I'm not even sure I'm going to pick him third. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Gustav Nyquist. The reason I'm doing so is mainly to do with his lack of co- the lack of competition on uh, on that side of the ice. Like, there's just no other winger on the left side that's going to take that uh, that time from him. So, I just think he's a lock for first power play, first line. Uh, so yeah give me Nyquist but if I were picking in a normal pool like Seth Jones would be the obvious first pick of Columbus do you guys agree with that
2: oh yeah for sure like Seth Jones could even be like the first or second pick on Columbus if you're looking at defenseman value
1: yeah definitely
2: yeah
1: I I agree uh, but it's not the case. And so you with <laughs> Nyquist, which I think is an interesting pick. And I now I'm really curious. Because actually, Brian, that's who I was thinking you were going to take fourth. I didn't expect Nyquist to go third. Uh, but I guess uh, it makes sense. And yeah, Brian, uh, now who are you going to go with? Are you going oh. with Seth Jones or are you going with a forward?
2: Elon, I can't believe you left him. I thought you would take him sev- second overall. I'm going Boone. Je- no, I'm not. I'm going Seth Jones.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that we might be making a mistake leaving Josh Anderson undrafted. Oh,
2: you love, who do you love more, Josh Anderson or Boone Jenner?
1: Definitely Josh Anderson. Not even Your love
2: for Josh Anderson is much better justified. You and I have our differences of opinion now on exactly how deployment is going to shake out and what kinds of opportunities he'll have versus Nyquist. Isn't yeah. the
3: romance of Josh Anderson like significantly lost in a league that doesn't look at peripherals whatsoever, though?
1: Of course, like he's more valuable with all the uh, peripherals, but also I do think it's not a guarantee that Nyquist is on the top line, and I think that Josh Anderson definitely is someone who should get a look there to play with Atkinson and Dubois. He's I also think- played on that side, though. Uh, he's he's like been left wing eligible. In fantasy, <laughs> doesn't that count for something? Tortorella could put him on that side. <laughs> he's allowed by Yahoo.
0: He's a bad man. <laughs> okay,
1: so, yeah, if you're allowed by Yahoo, then you could do it. Like It that's depends true. depends on who else is playing that night, obviously. Okay, <laughs> so now I have first pick in the next round, and I'm pretty happy to have it. This is definitely another favor for Ben, <laughs> so, uh, you know, lucky for you. And then it'll be very interesting to me to see what Brian and Lewis do here. But I'll go to St. Louis and give me Vladimir Tarasenko. So, yeah, that's my pick. Ben is wow. muted, so I'll just put it in for him. Ryan O'Reilly. And
3: yeah, with I was just gonna say uh be right back, gonna drive my uh drive my truck through a Tim Hortons with excitement <laughs> to get Ryan O'Reilly second here. Would you have taken
1: O'Reilly ahead of Tarasenko? I've had them pretty much even. No, I would not have. I think you made the right choice. All right, but now it's tough for Brian.
2: Or is it uh, I, don't I know. actually don't I no, I don't find it terribly tough. I'm gonna go uh Braden Shen. I feel pretty comfortable with that.
1: Okay. Makes sense. I I know
2: they're, well, I mean, there are, like, we don't know what St. Louis is going to do with their deployment. If they'll continue doing what they did in the playoffs by splitting up their O'Reilly, Shen Tarasenko line and who might lose out because of that. But I think even if they do split it up, I think these are still the top three players.
1: Can I throw it out there, by the way, that this Boone Jenner thing I'm not that into Boone Jenner. All I ask you every time we talk about him is can he hit like 45 points? Because if he does, he'll be super valuable in leagues that count all of his peripherals. And then you like rail on me for like 10 minutes telling me he's bad. I'm not saying he's going to be better than... I'm saying that's like the upside I'm hoping for, which isn't that high. Anyway, okay, you'll hear more about... You could hear 10 minutes about that in the Almanac in the Columbus chapter. Uh, Lewis, who are you going with fourth on St. Louis? And you're muted right now. Yeah. Sorry, I'm
0: unmuted now. Um, man, this is a tough spot. Uh, basically, I guess I'm picking between Petrangelo and Schwartz, I suppose, here. I don't really like either option. Uh, I'm trying to avoid defensemen, even though I really love picking defensemen in real drafts. Um, I'm going to pick him up here, though. I feel like he is more of a sure thing, obviously, on that top power play. I worry about Schwartz a lot.
1: Yeah, well Schwartz also with the injury concern. I think you made a safe choice. Another guy though that I think shouldn't be slept on too much, like David Perron had a 66 point pace last year. He only played 57 games. And uh you'll obviously hear our analysis about him. But like, you know, he's someone that you can't ignore at this point in a points league, but he also is an injury concern. So I think will makes sense.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think he's in that top four, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. So Ben, I just did you a favor. And I'm excited to get (laughs) to Elon. I'm I'm so sorry,
3: (laughs) uh, but I don't think I guess at this point I'm just picking teams who I really don't want to be fourth on. Uh, so I have to go with Anaheim here, and uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Getzloff. Oh,
1: shocker to me.
2: (laughs) I don't so I don't find it that shocking. Like, I, I like Getzloff is probably one of the safer bets on Anaheim but Ben I thank you for not allowing Lewis to put me in the fourth spot on Anaheim of all the teams left they are uh they're the one that I'm most terrified of picking fourth on uh, and there's only like we're down to like what five teams after this you know we didn't really think this through that everybody gets the same number of first second third and fourth bets, okay listen Brian it's just for fun okay <laughs> well at the start you really made it sound like a big deal like we're, we're Gonna keep track all year long. A trophy goes to the winner. Thirty thirty dollars each is at stake.
0: The winner gets uh, a free tier.
2: <laughs> a free t- a free couple tier upgrade.
0: Well, since we're <laughs> handing out free demotions, I think maybe some free
1: tiers <laughs> can yeah, be the thing here. Uh is, there okay. really a
0: trophy? is that a thing?
1: i just think that uh just to get back on track here i just felt i felt like raquel's safer because gets i worry about injury concerns and also he had a down year last year but of course Raquel's had his share of injuries too uh but yeah definitely a big fall now to lewis and i and lewis gets to go first and it's probably just gonna make my life easier so
2: thanks for making my second pick for me elon i will take raquel oh you didn't even take him yet what were you raquel talking Hals. about whole time then <laughs> nobody
1: oh okay
0: I think that's uh, it's kind of appealing in a league that doesn't have a difference between goals and assists, which is kind of nice. Um, I'll take Kasha. There's some other uh, nice potential breakouts, but uh, Kasha is furthest along compared to guys who are still on the list.
1: Yeah. ugh, This is tough. Actually, I would have definitely would have taken Kasha <laughs> third. I, I don't know why I said that it's a tough choice for you. I guess maybe injury <laughs> concern as well. Damn. Uh, so I could go with like Silverberg, who's so boring. It's boring. It's like a fun name to say, and yet I'm still bored saying it. But he did have that strong end to the season, playing on a line with Raquel and Sam Steele. So Sam Steele is like an exciting option potentially if he's playing with Raquel. But he could also be a kind of guy who doesn't even stay on the team. Oh, great, great. We'll take, <laughs> I'll take will take Silverberg. Sucks. This was the worst. I should have taken I should have taken Raquel instead of Tarasenko. Clearly, all right. Uh, what did other folks know? have in that four slot? Yeah, who would you guys have taken? I was fourth, a, I was a uh, nice I,
0: Tom Trois guy here.
3: I'm curious uh, about uh, Sam Steele a little bit, I'll be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it would have been Silverberg, Steele, or Fowler as my oh. fourth. And like that's just varying degrees of risk and upside involved, right? Like Silverberg, hopefully you'll get your 40, 45, no problem. Fowler's got a bit more upside, I think uh and then uh steel is just a complete unknown so he's like that doesn't really appeal to me in this kind of format where i can't change him out if i need to
1: yeah definitely if this was a regular league if this was kakupful i'm drafting steel over silverberg all day because i feel like he has the upside to be better but i just don't want to have to you know in this format where i can't drop him like you said brian like he might even go to the minors so it's too risky give me sylph who did show a glimmer of star power at the end of last year so who knows maybe he could keep carrying it forward with the help of Mr. Steele. And uh, Brian, now you get to steal the next pick. I'm going clearly.
2: <laughs> it's rightfully mine. Don't make me sound like a criminal here. <laughs> fair, Sheesh. fair. Sheesh. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with, oh boy. Uh, one of my favorite players in the NHL. Uh, the newest Vegas Golden Knight. I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but I don't remember them really making any big signings in the offseason. Mark Stone. Cool.
0: I go next, right? I hope. Yeah, uh, lucky you. Yeah, I'll grab uh Jonathan Marchistot here. Hmm. Eschewing another great Michigan standout.
2: <laughs> I mean, that was another team where I just wasn't sure who the best first pick was, but I couldn't risk picking fourth on.
1: Yeah, this sucks. I gotta tell you. <laughs> like I feel like it's so hard to pick third even. I'd rather have fourth. Um, I guess there's no point hiding anything. Like, I guess I'm deciding between like Stasny, Smith, William Carlson. I guess are the, my three options here. But like, uh, I think Stasny's the best. I think that he's an injury concern, but I think he's the guy who is going to play with Mark Stone, and he had the best point pace last year. I hope he could stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know. It might be a swing. Give me Paul Stasny. And I mean, um,
2: that's, that's who I had.
1: I was worried about the injuries, to be honest. So hopefully he'll be fine. And then, Ben, you get to choose between Carlson and Smith for that fourth pick, or, or off the board.
3: Yeah, um, so I was actually picking between Vegas and uh, Anaheim at my last, uh, with the first pick of the last round. And to me, it seems like having the fourth pick with Vegas was much preferable to having the fourth pick with Anaheim, uh, which I think is fair, because, like, with Vegas, like... Yeah, the difference between Stasny, I, I think Pacioretty is in that same tier for me. Is, is is he significantly lower
1: for you, Elon? Yeah, you're right. I kind of forgot about him. Well, he just had such a down year last year overall. Mm-hmm. He has good stretches, but I mean, he's definitely more interesting to me in a multi-category league. Sure. that also has different position eligibilities. You get the left wing, and you get the shots, and you get right. the hits. Here yeah, are you're a 65-point man. Maybe. I think I
3: would have taken Carlson in the three spot, though, just because I think that he'll get that uh, top, I, I I trust him to be on the first power
1: play a little bit more than the others, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with Willie K. Fair choice, yeah. It's uh, could go either way. Like I think Stasny could also get that top power play spot, or they could just run two power plays like they seem to always do. They definitely have the manpower to do that, and that would be great for uh, drafting Nate Schmidt. By the way, don't forget about that guy. Uh, yeah, you know. that
3: is the that's kind of the thing with Vegas, right? Like we're it's a lot of guesswork at this point of the off season uh, as to what how that top power play deployment will shake out.
1: Yeah, they made it a little easier by trading Gusev. If Gusev was there, I would have really been tearing my hair out. Totally. Uh, by the way, Gusev, member of my team, but that doesn't matter. Okay, Lewis, go ahead. Uh, you get to choose the next team. Who do we have left here? One, two, three, four, five teams to go. Yeah, so I'm looking at
0: four teams where I, or I'm sorry, three teams where I think everyone is kind of on the same scale. One where I don't really want anyone, but can live with the fourth pick. And then I'm going to take... The team where I think there might be a little more difference uh, between the top pick and your follow-ups. I'm going to go to Montreal. I'm interested to hear what you think here. And I'm going to go ahead and grab uh, Gallagher first. Oh! Smash him like a watermelon with a giant mallet.
2: Oh, man. I just I know Elon too well. Like, with his elated cry. Lewis, wow. I think... I think you just did Elon a favor We'll
0: see, I think I know who's going to pick But uh, I like Gallagher here I think he's think Gallagher, stable Compared yeah. to this other option Who might get dropped, he's already filled it in
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Gallagher Is very safe uh, And like, great in a league That counts shots, which this one doesn't It's only points, yeah. I think Yeah, I, I think I agree that Elon has reason To be excited, and this is why you're a tier Three cuckoo <laughs> player Maybe not, maybe
1: not <laughs> There's nothing wrong with tier three also. It's it's uh tough to get there.
0: I'm really okay. glad I accepted your invitation to come on here tonight. Uh... <laughs> I am sincerely, sorry. <laughs> Why are you apologizing to them,
3: Lewis? <laughs> They've wronged you.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, Eli- it was Elon.
1: <laughs> I just kind of had this idea in my head when I was setting up the couple tiers that I didn't like how people who came third place in tier five had to stick in tier five. It just made me okay, be-
2: but. We- Elon we're going to re- we're going to take a look we're going to make sure what we're doing makes sense. We did so take a look. Don't change your mind hurt. now Brian. Many like Lewis. I didn't consider how it might affect cuz it's what we did is we made it a little like we made it more difficult to stay in your tier for the poorest performers in tiers. But like a poor performer like Lewis, how, like, how low were you, was like
0: 10th or 11th. <laughs> Yeah, I was like 10th or 11th. It was bad. I had, uh, I spent too much money on line A and I'm trying to remember my other big money sink. I was just so pissed about it that I didn't, uh, it's all blocked <laughs> out of my memory.
1: Brian, by this is, everyone listening, this is what it's like working with Brian. You come to an agreement on something, you're fine. And then he like, after you've moved on to the next thing to think about, he's like, actually, maybe we should rethink this thing. It's just like, okay, let's just not get anything done. <laughs> all right. So we're on Montreal here. Wow. Uh, Brian's Ryan's
3: anti pulling the rug out from under his guests on a live show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Call right, me the, crazy.
0: They then, just wanna unleash me on the uh, they just wanna unleash me on tier three.
1: Yeah, it'll be you know what? This might actually be a favor, right? Like if you're it's much easier to win tier three than tier two, so you have an I easier chance to be easier. Yeah.
2: Then when I wear tier my three tier
0: th- three shirt, I can be like, woohoo, I won tier three.
2: Yeah, but then tier three back. is more competitive every year. Like let's not let's be careful not to downplay. Oh, bright just relax. <laughs> All right. I
1: think it's pretty fair to say that it's harder to win tier two than tier three, and you have to win to get into tier one. So fine. Okay. Uh we're on Montreal. Gallagher, Domi, Ben, your pick.
3: Elon uh Lewis, you're tier one in the AVG up full. Don't don't ever get down about that. Um I think that uh I think that Tommy. Thomas Tatar is uh, the easy next pick.
1: Brian, you're not (laughs) going to go? All right. Uh, Brian's screen is frozen. It's even better. Cool. So Tatar goes third on Montreal. And let's give Brian five seconds, and then we could just pick for him. (laughs) Let's blame Brian for uh, Lewis
3: getting demoted on the live show.
1: Another fun thing about working with Brian is he has great internet, as you can tell, which is uh, really nice for, for all of us. All right. So he it looks like he might be back. Kay. Here he is. Hey.
2: Uh, so Thomas Tatar was, yeah. t- was taken, which means uh, I'm going to go, Elon, you know where, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Almanac listeners also know exactly where I'm going with this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, oh, am I getting cold feet though? So for me, it's between uh, Philip Deneau and Shea Weber. You know, if Shea Weber was guaranteed to play 82 games, I might go him just because I'm not so concerned. And like, and everyone's probably shouting, like, where's Jonathan Drouin? Oh, man, I don't know. How many years uh... in a row
0: can you be disappointed by Drouin? What's that? How many years in a row are you willing to be disappointed by Joanne?
2: Yeah, not not many more. I'm going to go with Deneau. You know, I love this Deneau-Gallagher-Tatar line. I know this is controversial, but I think he has a pretty good shot of being the fourth. Like, Montreal's a funny team because, like, we're we're pretty high on them. But they, there's not a lot of flash up front. Like, it's very possible they're top scorer up does not reach 60 points.
1: It's very possible their top score wasn't drafted. I mean I'm, I'm actually
2: I'm gonna change my pick. I'm going Druin.
1: That's what I would pick. I was don't just he...
2: revisiting revisiting my list and seeing that I just like I couldn't see him above Deneau where I had him. So, definitely
3: okay. Domi or Druin over Deneau for sure. Yeah.
1: Cause don't forget, yeah. I feel like Brian you just don't like young people so much. You like don't like Gen Z, I guess. Uh, Cockney Emmy's coming for Dino's spot faster than you think, I'm telling you yeah mean yeah, it was not my, my last Ahcock uh, yeah. was on your list, Lewis? Yeah, I think we got the right four guys, but yeah, I, I think got I've got him with a slash on my fourth pick.
2: Tank. It's a very strange group where, like, there is no one who is just going to or at least it looks like there's no one who's going to run wild on opposition teams. but we're we're all feeling pretty comfortable that Montreal is kind of like maybe not quite this year's Carolina, but a team that's quietly on the up and up.
1: Yeah, and also I think Max Domi, let's uh, give him his fair due. He was a 70-plus point guy last year. He's a really good player. He was drafted high. He had a high pedigree coming into the league, and then you know he struggled a bit in Arizona, and I'm curious to see what he'll do. Uh, now it comes to who? That was who took uh, Gallagher. That was Lewis. That means I get the pick now. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Okay, so there's still some like big names out there, right? Just the only reason we haven't taken these teams is because we think They're the next team... <laughs> Yeah, like they're they're all going to end up getting similar points, but I think there's a decent spread on Nashville. So, give me Philip Forsberg for Nashville. Uh, yeah, maybe I like think, a 10-point spread actually, not that much.
2: I think that's fair. Like it and the thing on Nashville is that you like where some teams you're not sure who to pick between first and second, Nashville it's like I'm not sure who to pick necessarily. Like I of course have my bets, but between second, third and fourth, it's it's looks pretty similar to me. So like, if I don't have the first pick on Nashville, I sort of have the fourth pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: I have the second pick here. And honestly, like I, there's one player uh, I'm going to thinly veil this player. They are a right wing who has played on the first line quite a bit the last few years. And I've been drafting them everywhere that I can because I think their goal scoring is going to be through the roof, but goal scoring doesn't really do a lot for you in a league that's, pure points. I mean, obviously it matters, but it, it there's not a premium for goals scored uh, relative to assists. So I'm going to do something I I don't think I, I will do in many other drafts here, but I'm going to draft Matt Duchesne second. Uh, I don't like him in a lot of leagues, but I think in a pure points league where you're kind of guessing uh, at deployment, I'll take Duchesne second.
2: Huh. You know, I thought you were going to make my choice really easy. And, like, and pick one of the two guys I was considering. You didn't. Uh, although I think it's, it's, like I just said, it's pretty similar. Like once you get past Philip Forsberg as the likely guy to clearly lead Nashville in scoring, it's a pretty horizontal landscape. Um, and I guess I'll go with the guy, you know, I have a choice between a guy who has done it before and the guy who has the most upside to do it now. Um, and I think I'll go with the latter. I'm going to take Victor Arvidsson.
1: Hmm. I'm curious to know who you were referring to then as the guy who had done it before. But okay, let's get that last pick out. So Arvidsson, I think, is a good pick. And now, uh, Lewis, finish us off if you're ready.
0: Well, yeah, I got an interesting choice here. Like the world's most boring center or this season's extremely exciting defenseman. Um, I'm going to go for it. Give me, uh, give me Roman Yossi to outscore Ryan Johansson.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did last year, I believe. Last year, Yosi had 56 points. And Johansson, what did he have? I think, I think he they... had more. Yeah, he did have more. You're right. He
0: did, but I think Yosi's going to be elevated a little bit. You got the Duchesne factor thrown in that could threaten Johansson potentially. Yeah. Johansson
2: yeah. was the, the guy who I was thinking of who's done it before, right? He had that 171-point season, which like there are a few factors that I th- I think almost repeated last year in Nashville, aside from – the fact that the power play was garbage. Again, check out the Nashville chapter of our Almanac to decide how confident you should be in this analysis. But uh yeah, I'm uh yeah, like G- Yosi is my fifth Nashville guy.
3: First Lewis first took guy. uh Yossi over Johansson because he thinks that I was correct to pick Matt Duchesne second.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. By the way, there's Matt another Duchesne guy be on this top line. Mm-hmm.
1: There's another guy on this team who's had uh, higher paces than Yoshi before, and Mikhail Gramlin. But obviously, uh, he's not getting any airplay except for what I just said right now. So we'll see what he could do next year. It looks like he might be on the outside looking in for that last power play spot, but maybe not. That'll be, yeah, another team where the deployment will be interesting to see now that they've brought Duchesne in. Yeah, no matter what, he's going to have a big time center upgrade. So. Yeah. Don't forget about another guy. Don't forget about him. <laughs> okay. So now that was my first it's pick. It's me. It's Ben. So we've got one, two, part. three. Oh, I'm not going to get another Sorry. first pick. So sad. Okay.
3: Uh, Brian, to your point, I also, I was on uh, Jesse Sevier's uh, fantasy hockey life podcast that he's now doing for uh, fan tracks he's sponsored by. Um, and I also said that I think that Ryan Johansson is going to get the first crack at that uh, top power play line. But uh, I just think if we're talking about like pure upside, if anyone on that power on the Preds team has a shot at 70 points, I think it's most likely going to be Duchesne. I'm not hundred percent sure that he'll end up in the first center spot, but I do just like the upside a little bit more than I like uh, Ryan Joe. So uh, anyway, um, to wrap things up here, I just really do not want to pick fourth for Minnesota. And so I am going to start oh god and even after i say it i'm just like who do i even want first <laughs> i'm gonna pick my favorite player on the team just to uh make it easier for myself and i'm gonna pick the gnome himself matt zuccarello
2: oh great i mean i'm taking on some injury risk here with my boy Zachy p uh as everyone knows that he likes to be called but uh I'm I'm happy to take it on like he's, you know, I've been reading interviews with him. He's driven. He's motivated. He wants to be on a team that matters. And uh, I think he knows that he's going to have to be the guy who makes things happen in Minnesota. So I am uh, I'm quite happy to take him second.
1: Yeah. Well, last year he did miss some time with injury. He played 74 games. Not bad. And he ended up with 61 points. Right. So that could still be the leading scorer on the team, even missing like 10 games. So, yeah. If he could do it again, that'd be great. Uh, I'm going to be stuck at fourth. So Lewis now gets the next Minnesota player.
0: Which may as well be fourth, I feel like. Um, yikes. Uh, give me... I guess I'll take uh, Eric Stahl. Uh, Very exciting pick.
1: I would have been happy to have him fall to me. Now I have a tough choice. Brian loves Jason Booker. <laughs> Like, I I don't know why, but he does. No, I mean, he did have that one good year. Um, so I could go with the Brian pick and go Zucker. Or I could go with Matt Dumba, who was on a great pace before getting injured last year and also probably has a higher floor unless he gets injured again or unless he's like not fully recovered or something. What's the choice here? Or do I go Miko Koivin? No, I'm just kidding. So I think it's between these two. Yeah, give me Dumba. I'm going to go Dumba. I'll just play it safe. Even though Zucker probably has a higher upside because he could potentially get like 60 points. And that would be hard for Dumba to do on Minnesota. Yeah, Brian, that's... who would you have gone with? You would have gone with Zucker for sure, right, Brian?
2: I would have gone with Zucker, baby. But uh, like, I understand the rationale for picking Dumba for sure.
1: Okay, so that leaves two teams left. Uh, Brian, you're choosing between Dallas and San Jose. You're getting a great player, but I guess all of us are. Yeah, you're right. choosing for me too.
2: Well, on San Jose, I mean, this is uh, I basically get to choose the first player on one team and the fourth player on the other. And I think my fortunes look better if I take the first player on Dallas and end up with the fourth player on San Jose. Actually, Dallas, uh, just by the way, has been on my radar for like the last three or four times I've had the first round pick. I'm feeling pretty good for not having gone with them earlier. Uh, The fact that they're still left on the board validates all the choices I made instead of Dallas. Uh, So that's great. Um, And the reason I had Dallas sort of a a team that I was looking at is I see a pretty big gap between like not between one and two and three, but between one and four. uh, I don't want fourth on Dallas. So uh, I mean, it's not going to be awful, but if you look at the upside of Tyler Sagan as number one being like an 85-point player, say. Um, You know, I'm not sure how close number four can get to him. So I will be going with Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars.
1: Yeah, it's only in very few draft formats that Tyler Sagan gets taken in like the 29th round (laughs) or whatever this is. 30th. Yeah, 30th round. All right, so Sagan's gone and Lewis, tough choice, I think.
0: It is, actually. I've got a really highly capable center but who's not going to be on that top line and might not get some offense spread his way um, or I can take a right wing who's pretty much tied to Sagan all the time, but maybe has a lower ceiling. Uh, give me, give me little Joe. Oh, Jolton, Joe Pavelskiov. That's right. We want you on our side. I got that reference by the way. I was very excited.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Brian mocked me mercilessly. I remember. <laughs>
2: uh, I know Brian, you would have had Pavelski last, right? I per maybe I would have, yeah, I would have had him fourth and like I would have considered somebody else instead of him. So, uh, Lewis, you- you're, go- you're going off the board, you're the lorn of this draft.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> is that a pool reference? <laughs> that's that's a reference to the characters in the initial pool. Actually, I think you're more than Matt. I think Pavelski, is, like, I mean, he's coming off
1: a really strong season where he had a 70 point pace, and I guess you think it was unsustainable, but I mean, I don't see how far he can fall. He's still going to be playing with great players. Uh, But I think now I'm choosing between Radulov and Ben. And I think that's a pretty easy choice just because Radulov's been just consistently good and playing with Sagan. And Ben definitely has the upside to have a nice bounce back season. But I don't have to worry about it because I got an easy choice in Radulov, in my opinion. And I guess it's actually not between Radulov and Ben. I guess now Ben Burnett is choosing between Jamie Ben and a defenseman. Right, You could go Klingberg if you want. Man, I really wanted Radulov.
3: <laughs> uh, not that I thought he'd fall to me when we got to Dallas, but uh, Lewis gave me the tiniest bit of hope when he uh, he went Pavelski. I definitely think, I don't know, I think that Radulov and Sagan might be closer than, uh, than we're giving them credit for as far as, like, Radulov was pretty much a point-per-game player last year, as I recall.
1: Uh, yeah. If he didn't get injured, he would have been right up there.
3: Yeah, he was on an eighty-four. He was ahead of Sagan's point pace last year. Good, yeah. lord. Good lord! He played seventy games though. Like that's not like he only played forty. Anyway,
2: uh, it's a really no. great fourth pick. Just as uh, who's that other fourth pick you ended up with? Well, Rajlov didn't uh, go tamed. for it. Oh, and Tara Vinen. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. I think I. I think I will take Jamie Ben just because I. I like the upside relative to Klingberg, who I. I also think would be fine here, but I, I think that they could be similar. And I think that Kleber could outscore Ben, but I just like Jamie Ben, you know, he might get that bounce back season and that'd be pretty cool.
1: Sounds uh, like a That's good one. Also, it's choice, my man. name. There you go. All right. And now last round, let's finish this thing up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to San Jose. Lewis, who you got?
0: So y'all are going chalk, 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 which I make, think makes for a uh... – A little bit of a less interesting podcast, but I might have a chalky chalky pick here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, everybody's favorite off-season hype machine. Uh, Give me Timo time uh, for San Jose. What?
2: No? You don't think so? I am. uh, Lewis, I am with you. This was one of my my hot takes on the almanac that oh, I, feel... I I agree that Timo Meyer is going to lead the San Jose Sharks in scoring this year.
0: Yeah, I feel good about this one. So I'm hoping that I can uh, I'm hoping I can uh, get this one over on Elon I, Timo versus. I was kind
2: of hoping he was going to last to like fourth, to be honest. Like that was my gamble part of part of choosing Dallas. I was like, oh, maybe. Maybe my will come forth. And by the way, I do appreciate, Lewis, someone needs to make this show interesting by not going, you know, perfectly in order of the consensus projection. So I appreciate what you're offering here.
0: I was disappointed nobody wanted to be in the uh, Rupe Troupe uh, in the last round of picks. <laughs>
2: Okay. I mean, yeah,
1: Meyer's great upside. I think he couldn't be great, but I mean, I'm taking Brent Burns, obviously. So that's, an, I I was assuming you would take Burns and I would take Eric Carlson, who I also would prefer over Timo Meyer. Uh, but now I guess Ben gets, and he gets so many great choices. That's why San Jose fell to last because we've got Meyer, we've got Couture. Uh, or no, we don't have Meyer, we have Carlson, we have Couture, we have Hurdle. So Ben, you got
3: Man, how last time I was uh, last time I was on keeping Carlson, I was talking to Elon about how in average time on ice Jade is the Elon and I am the Brian. But tonight I just really feel like the Elon. Like I'm, I'm just again I would have taken uh, Brent Burns for sure as the number one here, uh, definitely above Timo time. Um, to me, uh, I would also go Burns Carlson one two. So
1: I'll take Ek sixty five here. Nice. All our right. Podcast you, you, namesake goes last. Last her, <laughs> Not last second, overall.
2: Second last overall. Uh, and I'm going to make a like a, a pretty straight like this is going in exactly the order I have them projected. So Meyer, Burns, Carlson, and I'm ending with Tomash Hurdle.
1: Man, Logan Couture off the board completely. I think yeah. can, oh well. All right. So this is our draft. You can check out the results or I guess the results of the draft, who we have com slash draft. Very easy to find. And
2: then and, pull- uh, who's going to, can someone put up on uh, like office pools like tomorrow or, or next week, like in $20, <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to simulate the, the Jew pool
1: experience. Sorry. That was later Jew pool when office pools existed. At first, it was the newspaper for a few years. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So I'll put it somewhere. I'll post it. I'll share the link with the patrons because uh, this is a patron cast. Okay. Uh, we still have a couple questions to get through, but we're running super long. So let's do the the most lightning of lightning rounds. Uh, thanks, by the way, Lewis and Ben for being here and joining us for this draft and being so awesome. This was a blast. And everyone should obviously check out at AVG time on ice on Twitter. It's the best Twitter account. So funny. Uh, thank you,
3: Brian. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks me. guys. This was super fun. You guys are the
1: best. Yeah. And I think Ben's going to win. Cause I let him get terrified by mistake. Uh, okay. So we got a question here about Val- uh, Brian. All right. So let's go. Uh, we got a question about value over replacement from Brett and like, how do you actually calculate it? It's it's very simple. Like, uh, I mean, the hard part is actually coming up with a score for each player. But once you have the like a value, you know, whatever, let's say total fantasy points you think each player is going to get, then you have to just kind of figure out how many on average, let's say, you know, for a left wing. So figure out how many left wing are going to get drafted and then you like rank all your left wings and you you calculate who's the first left wing that is out of the list of how you know so let's say you look at last year's draft and see how many left wings were drafted and then so if there were 20 then compare the 21st left wing points to your the player you're looking at's points and that's the value over replacement and you'll find generally a defenseman is going to have high value over replacement because by the time you get to the defenseman who don't get drafted you're looking like 30 point guys versus someone like eric carlson who could get you like 80 something versus the highest center that doesn't get drafted might actually be like a 50 55 point guy and so yeah that's basically how you calculate it i would actually recommend getting dom Lucian's spreadsheet which is going to be available i think on monday And he has it all calculated for you. If you really want to get into it, you could look at the formulas for his spreadsheet and see exactly how he goes and calculates VORP. Uh, Brian, why don't you take this next one? Brett asks, what are your top three things to do in Ottawa?
2: Uh, Mine or or what should I suggest for others? Uh, Okay. Top three things to do in Ottawa. This is a very localized question. Uh, One great place to go. House of Targ. It's an arcade, and they also serve homemade pierogies. Very cool. Uh, and right next to it is a little cafe and bookshop called Black Squirrel. And right across the street is the Mayfair Theatre, a great independent theatre in Ottawa. Uh, so those three are all, like, within 10 metres of each other. So you can check those out. Um I don't know. I think, you know, go for walks. Like, that's honestly it. Like, check out neighborhoods. I would recommend, uh, you know, you go over to Hindenburg, see what's happening there. There's a great donut shop called Suzy Q. And then uh, also not far from my own hood, uh, like, little Italy in Chinatown. Great, great spots. Uh, there's a, a brand new pizza place called Farinella uh, on Rochester where you can, where you order pizza Roman style, which is by weight. So, like, you know, you pick your flavor and then you, like, show with your hands how big you want the slice to be. You put it on a scale and, like, it's per, it's per gram because it's Canadian for our American listeners. Um, That's enough, Brian. You, you only ask for top three. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> Lots of great choices there. I would also throw out there
1: a Colonnade Pizzeria. I think it's, like, the best pizza. on. Have you had street. it in a
2: while, though? I, I think their quality has gone down
1: well that's a bummer and then also aladdin convenience for
2: aladdin cheese pie. convenience for a cheese pie the most yeah. unassuming place ever in a strip mall just make sure you bring cash or else you're gonna have to pay the atm withdrawal fee yeah
1: okay so next we've got uh travis has stacked his draft this year he's got like a bunch of picks in the second third first round his keepers are vasilevsky stone and petterson how would this impact the way you draft uh, i think just get the best players yeah i don't really know you ask or just best, next best player available like you have vasilevsky a goalie stone a winger and peterson a center so obviously try to draft a d uh a couple you can get a couple stud d you can get some wingers like you're gonna be good like uh, just get the best player i can't think of anything else to suggest unless you have something brian
2: No, I think that's it. You go for the best player and this might be a situation like look for your VORP, look for your value over replacement, but also this might be a situation, especially if it's in a keep three, um, you know, people go gaga for certain players. So if you can use these picks to, uh, you know, get some like high end assets that are going to draw a lot of interest from other owners that could end up getting a package in return worth more then the pick is to you. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. But if that's Galaxy branding it too much, just go for the best players for your team and enjoy what they give you.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe like someone just wants Jack Hughes because he was drafted first overall. So you could get him and then trade him, uh, even though maybe in a keep three, he won't be like that much of an amazing keeper compared to the other guys who are getting kept. Uh, okay, Chris asks, how much do you weigh position eligibility when drafting? For instance, Giroux is right now triple eligible in Yahoo, but most drop. Draw- drafts he's done he falls yeah like it's it's good like it's really handy it obviously depends on your league and how strict the position eligibilities are like if there's no bench spots and you're stuck just like having like certain left wing right wing center or sorry and also no util spots or forward spots that could really end up hurting you and it really helps to have these multi eligible guys uh so yeah it should weigh uh generally how I would do it is i would look at his vorp For the most rare position that he holds, which I think is left wing this year, but then maybe bump him up a little bit higher because he does give you that flexibility if your league values flexibility because it doesn't already have a... Like with a couple, we already have like a util spot and like a forward spot or whatever. So uh, it's not like so valuable, but still definitely helps. But it depends also who else is on your team. So
2: yeah. Yeah, I do love having multi-position eligibility because you're going to make changes to your team in season. Having a guy who can be counted as a left wing or right wing or center. Remember the days when Dustin Buffett Bufflin and Brent Burns were both right wing and defense.
1: So silly, but also <laughs> it's like, that didn't help much. Cause obviously you were just going to use them on defense. Right? right. So it's not as if you ever put him in right wing. So it was just right. Kind of, it would
2: have been better if Claude Giroux could play left wing and defense. That would have been amazing. It
1: was, uh, yeah. It was actually weird because like, you know, it, at first it seemed good, but actually when Burns or Bufflin went to play right wing, they did a lot worse. So it's like, I'd rather you just be defense and play defense. Cause then you got more points than whatever it was. Third line, right wing.
2: Uh, okay, so Brian, yeah. last question. Alice asked, oh. what are your oh. dork?" What, do you I- want to talk more? Well, I just, I I didn't know that we gave that one enough time. How much do you weigh position eligibility? And, like, it, it's important, but it's not the be-all, end-all either. Like, you can rebalance the positions on your team through the season. Uh, like, if you have a tiebreaker to make between two players, or if it's within, f- within a few points, or you're not sure, absolutely. Let that multi-eligibility break it. Um, otherwise... Eh, like you know don't go gaga for it but it does put you in a better position to make trades and in-season adjustments and and be able to roll with it without losing too many games because you your roster's imbalanced between your wings
1: i concur good answer (laughs) wow great agreement Alex asks, what are your dorkiest hobbies? I asked my wife. She said, what I'm doing right now is my dorkiest hobby, playing fantasy hockey. So there you go. Though I did find myself watching YouTube videos of Horizon Zero Dawn gameplay, which I'm going to stop talking about on podcast now because I'm done that game. So I'm probably going to move on to some other game. So this might be the last HZD reference on the podcast. But yeah, like that's probably pretty dorky when you're watching YouTube gameplay of impressive uh, hunting trials. But okay, uh, Brian, you got you
2: got one? I think this is it. This is my dorky hobby. If I had more time for hobbies right now, I might have another dorky hobby. Uh, like I, try, I'm trying to like get better at playing the ukulele. Does that <laughs> count? Is that dorky?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's so funny that you play. It's so obvious that if you were going to learn an instrument, that's what you would learn to play.
2: Okay, you know, it was just the I have little stubby fingers, and so it's uh, it's easiest for me to pick up a four stringed instrument, like a six string. My I can't I can't work with that.
1: Fair. Okay, so now to finish <laughs> off the show, speaking of instruments, I did promise that I would play Black Sheep by Metric on the flute, something I haven't even practiced. So I don't know how well this is going to go. But uh, okay, so it goes like Black Sheep, come home, Black Sheep. And they go do, 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 do. So that part I'm not playing. But then, okay. Oh, I don't have much room here in my little corner. Do, 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 do. Librowski,
2: everybody. Wow. The, there's a real contrast between the dulcet notes of your flute and that doo-doo doo that was interspersed <laughs> from from your voice. Also, just for the record, I know it's it's a really like if it's a very cliche thing to to be trying to play the ukulele these days. I'm aware. <laughs> I think before I think I was I think I might have started before it was like cool and like so chewy, but uh You know, I I own that it's, I know what it, I know how it looks.
1: Brian, by the way, was the, he was wearing those French hats before it was cool and everyone (laughs) was doing it. So I don't think that was ever cool. Ahead of the curve. Okay, so thanks everyone for supporting Keeping Carlson. We might release this as a podcast for everyone to give a little taste of what patrons get, so if you liked it, uh, you can become a patron and get stuff like this all the time, keepingcarlson.com slash patron. Sorry if we over buzz marketed the almanac, but it's the only thing on our mind because that's all we did for the past month uh, until we finally finished a couple weeks ago. So yeah, keepingcarlson.com slash almanac if you want to get in on that. And of course, Thanks, everybody, for supporting us. He was a patron, and we will talk to you soon. We're getting back to weekly episodes very soon, and we've got a huge preseason coming up. We're going to have interviews. We're going to do previews. We've got more goalies board coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for your support, and we will catch you all on our next episode uh, this Sunday.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot for supporting us for another month. If you're a patron, if you're not, we hope you'll, uh, you'll consider it. And uh, that's it. See ya.
1: Bye. Normally Patrick's aren't that long, by the way. But we the draft was worth it. What a I I won that, I think. Okay.
2: Bye everybody. Okay bye.